0: This is Kate Beckinsale, you're listening to Bacon Sale.
1: <laughs>
2: yep. Okay. Now no, we're getting okay. We're dancing seductively right now. <laughs> words projected on my body. Boop finger. <laughs> <laughs> When we agree it doesn't happen that much The slightest touch <laughs> When we boop fingers Bacon sell approval it's not a sin <laughs> So please listen. Oh. <laughs> it's yes. time for the show going higher. It's time for the show.
1: Yeah. Shut <laughs> it down. Shut <laughs> it down. So That's all the show needs, right? There. I just
2: wanna make you guys smile. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how hard it is to say boop, finger, boop. and actually enunciate it correctly you because I can
0: say a few job, things man. wrong. Well done. That was, oh. a, that was so much fun. I, get it. I have a feeling I, I will
1: be talking about that one at the end of the year. I think so, too. Oh, boop, man. Uh, oh, very yeah. well done. That was My fun. My word. That was done, Kenty Bassey. <laughs> what? <laughs> Welcome to Bake It Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Kenty Bassey. I'm, <laughs> I'm Zach. And we'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, our finale of the uh, 70s one-hit wonder bracket. You know, we've done a lot of these brackets over the years,
0: and this one was one of them. Um,
2: (laughs) Is there a lot of blame going in your direction or our direction, everyone but Joel? You know what I love? am doing fine over here. (laughs) And this, I'm going
0: to get serious for a minute. I love the listener because the main theme of all of the comments this week was, Wow, you guys totally got it wrong, but we love you.
2: <laughs> bless <Thanks>. your heart. <laughs> yeah, pla- bless <laughs> your
0: heart. Like I had fun listening, but you're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, for example, PR Rhodes 717 says, the main takeaways I got from the final is that something went terribly wrong in the Sweet 16 and Kenny3DD and Tumbling Mustard have daddy issues and wear nothing <laughs> but black flannel and skinny jeans, which is funny because I am currently wearing yeah. black flannel and skinny, you skinny totally jeans. You totally are. Here. Yep. Did uh, you plan that? Nope. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> that chorus is a bunch of repetitive nonsense poetry with a sad question at the end. At least in second place, you can ignore the lyrics and just groove. Yeah, you can't. That's what, that was my argument. Hashtag dead to me till Monday. Okay, so here we are. Yeah, Mary Nolan Cox says, I actually listen to a fair amount of 70s music. It's fairly popular in the OR. So I do know a lot about these songs. I agreed with you sometimes, but you did come out with the wrong winner. And then Brian Sorensen says, Boo, Cats in the Cradle is such a depressing song. It's like you did a dessert bracket and selected Brussels sprouts as the winner. (laughs) (laughs) And And fair's fair, I was bowling on Saturday night and that song came up and I sent you guys a Marco Polo message and said, I may have made a huge mistake.
2: Yeah, but you're bowling and it's kind of white trash. Well, and and I I also,
1: I needled you guys a couple times during the week. You did. That was hilarious. Uh, Joel sent us some fun messages. Just listening to one, the winner, and then listening to the one I thought should be the winner and just the different reactions. Yeah. So, but regardless, once again, very fun. Uh, always fun to see the listener participating. I yes. think
0: we got a ton of brackets. We'd love to see your brackets. Yeah. And I, actually, I, you know, I, I, we will absolutely never rig one of these things just for engagement. But it worked, so <laughs> <laughs> don't
1: don't <laughs> pick it, the loser. Not <laughs> how it
0: worked. But yeah. you guys sent a lot of brackets telling us we were wrong,
1: and we love it. So thank you very much for playing along. Yeah, we do love hearing your feedback, and we also love our patrons because, yeah, we do. And gentlemen. We... we got three new patrons to announce. Uh, I'd like to start off with uh, Jake Swallow. Jake Swallow, uh, I actually know him. Uh, he's a friend yeah. of mine. Uh, he's now a patron of Bacon Cell and He's on the I Am The Listener tier. What? So he's going to get uh, some merch. He's going to get uh, access to all the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's it's a lot of fun to be I Am The Listener tier. And he gets a shout-out at the end of the show every time. Yeah, he does.
0: And we also want to call out a, a guy that I know very well. In fact, I stand next to him nine hours a day now. And that is Mike henson he is ah. now a tier one patron which gives him benefits including of course bacon bits he gets to see video content we do and then i believe he'll get behind to see, the scene behind the bacon behind the bacon he'll yeah. get to see joel's notes on this so yes, mike this was my
2: date cool. to your wedding oh that's essentially cute. that's good because nice. you guys were both tall enough to see each other and speaking of another date to your wedding uh-huh uh we have mandy Schaefer as a new patron oh I, I like to call her the maid of honor <laughs> <laughs> um i i know her uh, as well as uh, mandy
0: sue sparkle she's oh, yeah, a wonderful human being
2: and She'll, so she's a $3 patron, so she can hear
1: about our Pagan Bits, where we talk about your wedding. And, and yes, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and her. Uh, <laughs> but no, we, we really hey do Mandy. appreciate you. Uh, all three patrons, thank you so much. That was uh, really nice to see Kind of the you, you guys join the fold of the patrons and get yeah. all the access to the, all the random stuff. Our Pagan Bit this week was uh, about Zach being a barber and about us getting a decent proposal via email. There's a lot <laughs> of weird stuff happening. But uh, that's all on the Pagan Bits. You can see that there. But that's not what we're talking about today.
0: Zach,
1: (laughs) it's been so long. Okay, do it, do it. What are we talking about today, Zach? (laughs) Bumped. James Bond. Whoa. Da, 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 da. Ba-da. Now we have. Why do we feel so pent up right now? Because we have talked about Bond before on episode eighteen, Spy <laughs> versus Spy versus Spy, in back in August 2015, and episode thirty-two, Bed Bond and Beyond. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Back in November. 2015. So there's like a six-year gap between w- Bond we talked, shows. We did two Bond shows in season one. Why and then haven't done one what, since? What is
0: Bacon Sale? Like the. Daniel Craig franchise like like six years (laughs) in between. We took a
2: little break. Pandemic delayed us two years. Okay. But no. we And and that's the thing. We've been delayed two years on this show because I remember near about two years ago, we were at the end of season five and Joel said, hey, No Time to Die is coming out early next year. We're probably going to do like a a compilation, a comprehensive Bond show, right? And I
1: said, yeah, that makes sense because cards on the table hadn't seen many Bonds. Mm -hmm. I thought I had seen most Bonds. And then, uh, because if you don't know, there are 25 official James Bond movies Mm -hmm. and the Eon Productions movies, and then two unofficial ones. And I thought I had seen the majority. I had not seen the majority. And so we started doing this challenge back then of watching all the Bond movies. And we were, once again, pushing it to the limit of like, we got to start binge watching. By the way, I won. Just letting you know. Anytime we do a movie challenge,
2: I win. But why (laughs) would I watch? I watched uh, 25, actually 27 movies at that point. To wait... Another year and a half to actually see No Time to Die. Because
1: we you raced to the finish and you won. I still had a couple left. And then they said, by the way, No Time to Die is delayed. Yes. And we went, oh, okay, for a couple months, sure. Yeah. So I waited delayed a little bit. Delayed to
0: November of 2020.
1: Yeah, so I, I waited a little bit and then I finished it up. Mm-hmm. But then they delayed it again and again. And we kept watching. I had these notes, all these notes how, how many pages well. else do you have? Uh, I was going to give you guys a, a bid here. Uh, what, what would you say is the over-under of what I got? No so there words. Are, okay. 27 movies. 27 Depending movies. on
0: formatting, you could just have done one page per. Right. but It makes let's sense. Say, let's say he but didn't do that. This is, this that.
2: is Joel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say 47 pages. No, I would say 32. No, no, no.
1: That's way too low. Thirty two, Gentlemen, I'm looking right now. And I have 64 pages. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on, double what I said. 64 <laughs> pages. And granted, this is a bulleted list. a and, yeah, and, formatting. And what I did was I went through and I got my regular Joel research. But then I went through and as I watched the movies, I just kind of typed my notes. And I'd have a fun time with that. And so, right. If you're a patron of Bacon Sale, I'm actually going to be publishing these. And you can see all my notes and my thoughts they're, as I watch the movies. never going to read that,
2: Joel. Ever, ever. But
1: as they're watching, like say, let's say they pull up yeah. Goldfinger to watch, like your opening intro, they can read the notes as they're watching the movie, and it's like I'm in the room making sarcastic comments.
2: I actually think I'm grateful that the movie was delayed, because when I binged those movies, it's like cramming. And I mm-hmm. forgot about the early era, which I had seen maybe one of those movies. And only one? So, yeah. Maybe only one. And so I forgot Makes about sense. all those movies. So now I've had a chance to now re-watch the Bond movies. And now... it's more of a heartfelt experience having seen them twice. And I think it takes two times to watch the Bond franchise to actually gain a love and appreciation. And that's where I'm at now. Yeah. But early last year, we brought in a certain host to join us on the show specifically for Bond, right?
0: Um, So flashback to the second time I ever talked to Mr. Kent Dunn. Uh, We were setting up for a Halloween dance or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were talking about the podcast. I'm like, hey, I started listening to your podcast. It's really fun. If you ever need someone for a Bond show, I would love to come on because that's kind of my thing. Yeah. And here we are years later.
1: And once this show is over, we will be dismissing him. Oh, man. Am I getting kicked off the show again? (laughs) Yes, probably. (laughs) But it was weird because when I went through this, I thought, yes, I've seen most of the James Bond movies. But in reality, out of the 25, 27, we'll say, but 25 official ones, I think I'd only seen 10. And I was kind of shocked by that. So everything from what point? Well, so I, I saw, yeah, basically saw everything beyond Brosnan. So maybe there's more like 12 because I saw all the Brosnans and I saw all the, the Craig's and... You hadn't seen even License to Kill. I don't know Dalton. if I had. And so it was like, as I was watching, I was like, oh, yes, this looks familiar. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I remember that character. But I was shocked by how much I hadn't seen.
2: In high school, I rented a certain movie with Roger Moore uh, about an octopus. And <laughs> uh, I did that because I was a perverted teen thinking it would be awesome. And I really was like, wow, Bond is boring. I yeah. will never know watch another Bond movie.
1: Yeah. Well, and they do. But have, now I've learned. They have their ups and downs. Yes. And this definitely is more, maybe more of Confirm. a dad show because dads love James Bond. Yeah. I think I'm to that point. Yeah. It's the same thing with like war movies. I want sons now. <laughs> because I <laughs> want Bond movies with yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, but yes, giving a little a little history here. So like we said, there's 25 movies. Just so you know. Well, I have a, I have a quick question. What's the yes. first one you saw in theaters? Do you in remember? Theaters? In theaters? That was probably GoldenEye. 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 Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm a huge fan. Love these movies skyfall really yeah I, I never i never did you caught see them, them on dvd before that? yeah because
1: skyfall is a later one yeah did you watch you? them at home
0: the first yeah so i watched them like at your home pr- did your did your dad or mom love them um my dad showed them to me but I, I they would be on tbs okay what's the first movie you saw then? so the first one i actually watched i think was tomorrow never dies or world is not enough so what would happen? there were brosnans then. yeah yeah well what would happen is my dad would bring me in and say hey look at this motorcycle chase what they she he's you know the girl's handcuffed to him and okay now leave you can't watch this part <laughs> okay you can come in and watch this so he would he would cherry pick scenes you know the so stealth, cool scene He <laughs> was clear, clear play boat. but he kick you out of the yeah. room the stealth boat scene at the very beginning of world is not enough yeah that's the one i remember And then the, the opening best. credits would start and then he's like, and get out and <laughs> yeah. then and then there's like a scene with him and a woman and I'm, i can't i still can't watch
2: I felt like when my dad and I watched Goldeneye, the opening credits, it was very awkward, right? Because I think I was 14 years old. Yeah. It was like my dad took me hunting for the first time. It was one of those rite of passages where you feel awkward in front of your parents. You're like, I think I've just grown up a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, well, I think the one, the one we had, I remember having on VHS was You Only Live Twice. And I watched that one. Okay. Uh, it's an old Connery mm-hmm. one. But I watched that one multiple times. And it was my favorite one until Goldeneye came out. So uh, yeah. let, let's bring it back, okay. though. Bring okay. it back, yeah, bring yeah, it yeah. back. Because we, we should clarify... We're doing Dr. November. (laughs) (laughs) I think, Zach, you came up with that title. I'm pretty sure. Really really
0: tough to think November and Dr. No. I said Bond-vember. Yours was better.
1: Yeah. So So because this has been a show that we've been working on for two years now, Mm -hmm. we wanted to give it the love that it deserves and do two shows dedicated to Bond. So in this first episode, we're doing early Bond, which goes up through Roger Moore's era. And then next week we'll be doing the modern. later Bond, yes. yeah, modern modern Bond, modern Bond, and uh, that's from Dalton to yeah. Craig. Yeah, and we we're, we're, it seemed I'm not going to give any spoilers here, but it seemed like after No Time to Die, this was an appropriate time to kind of do a an all encompassing well, capsule of Bond movies.
2: Well, and we're going to talk about each movie, but Joel, you came up with the idea to tier these movies because we always kind of struggle, like how do we talk about a whole collection, a whole yes. franchise? Yes, but the tiering is beautiful because it's tier. 001, (laughs) 002, and 003 being the
1: lowest. Yes. (laughs) Let's start off with... uh, Let's bring it all the way back, Kent. If you want to give kind of like the intro to Bond for people who may not be initiated with this whole world. So we would not have the spy,
2: James Bond, without its author, Ian Fleming. Yes. So Ian Fleming was born in 1908. And he was born to a wealthy and prestigious British family. And he served Uh, like that makes sense. He talks quite quite a bit. How British is he? It's very aristocratic, actually. And so he served in World War Two in Naval Intelligence. Mm -hmm. So a lot of his experience is pulled from that. So he's just living his life and he decided he wasn't much of a writer, but he decided to write Casino Royale to take his mind off of his anxiety when he was getting married. Yes. So he's getting some cold feet and he's like, you know what? I'm going to draw from my experience. And write a novel. In the Navy. And, and write a novel. As, and he wrote as Casino people Royale. Zach wrote a beautiful novel just before his wedding. Yeah, it was about <laughs> restaurant management, though. <laughs> mm. So in, in total, he wrote 11 Bond novels and two collections of short stories. And that was from 52 to 66. He did die in 1964. Yes, But they, they have two posthumous novels. Don't forget so. also, he is the author of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, yeah I was about
0: to say, Which he also weird. wrote Chatty Chitty Bang Bang. But also, <laughs> he wrote on a gold type
2: writer at, yeah. a, at, an estate, at an estate in Jamaica called GoldenEye. Why was it called GoldenEye?
1: One of his missions was the GoldenEye mission. Yep. One of his missions in the Navy. Yeah. Yep. We should clarify. There's, there's some people in the audience who make it confused of what the missions mean. I wish yeah, <laughs> I went, wish I went, went to the GoldenEye mission. <laughs> I want
0: his mission to GoldenEye, Jamaica.
1: <laughs> yes. So then his novels become popular, yeah. mostly in Britain, but then they decided to kind of make movies based on these novels. Well,
2: yeah. He always felt that he's like, this is made for film. Mm-hmm. But no one was accepting his movie. Like, no one would accept the pitch. Yeah. And so he's like, I'll just sell it to CBS. And CBS, there's an anthology series called Climax. Yeah. And they made it one episode about Jimmy Bond. Jimmy Bond. uh, He's an American American gambler. Yeah. And that's it. Like, and you can find this probably on YouTube.
1: Yes, it's out there. I did see a clip of it. And it is Casino Royale, quote unquote. If I may confess something, too, I remember, I don't remember exactly when, but I remember the feeling when I realized James Bond was British. Because to me, it was like this, you know, it's a kid, it's like, oh, yeah, this a hero. A spy is a tough yeah, American guy. Yeah, it's a spy. It's, sure. it was, I saw him all the time. I didn't really have a concept of, you know, other countries at this time. But I remember also him being like, yeah, James Bond is like he's the greatest American spy ever. And they're like, he's British. And I'm like, what? I think it grew up right then. That's when I became a man. (laughs) What? What? You did
2: have a very low voice when you were a kid. I did. I I did. So, yeah, he was struggling to get this made into film. And it was actually one of his biggest supporters was JFK. And JFK loved the book From Mm -hmm. Russia With Love. And so as that book was being released... How would would JFK say the title of that book? From Russia With Love. From Russia With Love. And so he loved that book. And then it got... I mean, it was already selling well in the UK. But all of a sudden, these production companies were like, well, let's make Doctor No. Like this, and it's also kind of ironic because From Russia with Love was the last movie that JFK saw the day before he died. Yeah,
1: that uh, crazy. It is nuts. And they chose to do Doctor No as the first movie because it had the most straightforward plot. uh, I would agree because Casino Royale is the first book. But they decided they were going to do Doctor No, so like, let's just get this. Let's introduce James Bond the I easy way. I believe there were some
0: rights issues potentially as well.
1: There were because yeah. uh, when they wrote the book, when Fleming ended up publishing it, he didn't give credit to the other people who kind of helped him out with the idea. Yeah, so there was causes was just problems just, later on. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll get there. But I do want to talk about the casting because originally they were uh, the producers. Uh, there's two producers. You're going to hear the names over and over and over again of Broccoli and Saltzman, yeah. which uh, sounds, sounds like, like a nice law firm, right? Or a, a, on a bag of frozen vegetables. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Al- Albert Cubby Broccoli and yes. uh, Harry Saltzman. Yes. And so those are the two producers who decided they were going to bring James Bond to the big screen. Originally, they were thinking of Cary Grant for the role. Uh, they they reached out to him and then he wa- they wanted to do multiple films with him, wanted to sign him to contract, and he only wanted to do one. And so they decided to do... So he would have been sport. an American, right? They would have made him a British spy. He's, he's kind of a British American, I think. Mid Atlantic, okay. yes. But then they decided, okay, and so they did this find James Bond contest. This is a literal contest they did where they tried to get you know cast a James Bond in a contest. They got six finalists and they chose this guy, Peter Anthony, a 28 year old model, and he was he had a Gregory Peck quality, according to the right. producers Broccoli Saltzman. But he decided they were he, they decided he was unable to cope with the role. He wasn't right fit. So even after he got he won the contest, he didn't win the role. Because then they saw a little movie called Darby O'Gill and the Little People. That was the movie. Did they? Yes, that was the movie. They saw Sean Connery singing, Oh, she is my dear, my darling one. And they went, That, that is James Bond. And so Sean Connery became the first. Though Ian Fleming didn't want Sean Connery. It's not who he pictured. In fact, he liked
2: David Niven, who went on to star in the comedic Casino Royale movie. Yes. uh, Kind of. (laughs) Comedic attempt. Yeah, yeah. Spoof. And so because he wrote it as a a tougher guy, but it's still a gentleman spy, whereas Connery, he felt he was more of a stuntman. Yes. He he looked too rough. And then it was all the women in uh, Ian Fleming's life said, no, he's quite attractive. Like he is a perfect James Bond. And I
0: recall, uh, I believe it's one of the producers uh, asked his wife, like, "Is, is Sean Connery handsome? He said, Oh, yeah, of course. And, yeah. Like, it's the confirmation. Well, of...
1: And after Sean Connery was chosen, a man named Terrence Young took him to a tailor and a hairdresser and introduced him to the high life and restaurants and casinos, like kind of taught him, educated him in the ways of being dapper, witty, and above all, cool. So he got kind of bond wow. school before actually starting the film. So you talk about Ian Fleming not being the
0: biggest fan of Sean Connery, but obviously it worked for him because... Even after the performance came out, Ian Fleming changed his tune and then retconned James Bond in the novels to make him Scottish because of Sean Connery. Really? So yeah, he he put Scottish ancestry
1: for the character James Bond just because, yeah, he's, Sean well, Connery is James Bond. Exactly. Well, and the infl- it's because Ian Fleming, we talked about this before on episode uh, 32, but he chose, he wanted this very bland character, a very kind of... He chose the name James Bond out of an ornithologist book. Like it was like... Yeah. Birds the of the most, West Indies. The most boring name I can think of, James Bond. And now it's become like a synonym for cool. But of course, yeah, James he Bond... is wanted a very flat sounding name. Yes. Uh, James Bond isn't cool without his music, without his theme song. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to give a little history on that as well. Because the James Bond theme was actually a song from a board of musical uh, called The House of Mr. Biswas. And it's a song what? called "Good Sign, oh, yeah. Bad Sign." And it's, so, Monty Norman, nice. <laughs> yeah, Monty Norman wrote this musical, and he had this song in it. And this is the song, gentlemen. I'm going to play it for you now. Ready? So it's a very—it's an Indian gameplay, yeah. obviously. But here comes the singing, right? I was born with this unlucky sneeze, and what is worse, I came into the world. The so this is the song he started writing for that play, I just blown? and then he went, it, it didn't go anywhere. The musical didn't end up taking off, and so then when he was approached for this, uh, doing a music for James Bond movie, he said, I think I have something, so he, he wrote this up. Now, the producers were dissatisfied with, uh, with Monty Norman's work. Or his arrangement, I should say. So John Barry, another composer, came in and rearranged the theme. And since that time, those two have keep, kept arguing about who wrote the theme. So it's like John Barry says he did it, and then Monty Norman says he did it. But Norman has won two libel actions against publishers for saying John Barry was the composer. So here in Bacon we're going to say Monty Norman was the composer of okay, James Okay, but Bansy. Barry
2: did craft the sound and feel of the Bond franchise. Yes. And as far as this song goes, the way that
0: I understand it is more... Norman wrote it, John Barry produced it. Yeah, that makes sense what it is. And
1: it is a fantastic, fantastic song. The the James Bond theme. That Uh, that one too. Like you listen to that, and it's just you feel cool.
2: Uh, Zach, who is James Bond? Can you tell us a little bit, bit about who he works for and what he does? James Bond is a
0: super spy, international super spy. He works for MI6 with the British Secret Service. So, you know, for Americans, it'd be like he works for the CIA over there, but he essentially has what they say as a license to kill. He is an, like a goes deep undercover or he is in <laughs> undercover. I'm like, yeah, James Bond. We'll get to Balls. that, James but Balls. he, uh, he is sent on these very dangerous missions and he does have the ability to take people out as needed to get information you know there's a, there was always a formula to it but he you know he has a boss he has yes. coworkers mm-hmm. he goes into this is his job he goes yes. into work
1: and he gets his mission and he gets outfitted with whatever he needs to do it and he goes off and, and completes and his right mission and right from the beginning you you learn he has a license to kill because the one of the very first things you see him is is the famous gun barrel sequence yep where the spotlight will come on and then James Bond will walk on the spotlight. He'll be walking sideways and then he'll turn to the camera, shoot, blood will dun- run down By the, the way, not
2: him for the first three movies. No, it was no. a guy
1: named uh, Bob Simmons. It wasn't yep. Sean Connery. Stunt double.
2: But uh, did they, you know that MI6 wasn't actually officially recognized by the British government until 1994? Like it was a hidden organization? Yeah. Hmm. So it's in these books because it's like everyone kind of knew it. But the British
1: government's like, oh, yeah, we exist. We're pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. But by the way, they did actually film the the gun barrel sequence by putting a pinhole camera inside an actual thirty eight cal- caliber bunk gun barrel for the first movie.
0: Uh, it doesn't make any sense why there's blood in it though. So
1: well, blood, blood gets everywhere when you <laughs>
2: Blood gets everywhere. And
1: you mentioned his co-workers. Uh, I want to give a shout out here to Lois Maxwell, mm-hmm. uh, who played uh, Money who Penny. played the secretary. M-, Penny. M M is James Bond's boss, and Moneypenny Penny was M's secretary. And she, the actress, Lois Maxwell, was in 14 installments of the series. That is more than any character has played James Bond. In fact, jumping into that real quick, Sean Connery was Bond officially six times, but seven times if you count the unofficial movie. George Lazenby was it once. Roger Moore was James Bond seven times. Timothy Dalton was James Bond two times. Pierce Brosnan was James Bond four times. And Daniel Craig was James Bond Five times. So the record goes to Roger Moore currently as most times portraying James Bond or tied if you count. Right. It's interesting you bring up numbers because uh, bacon math
2: is very applicable here because Bond has a license to kill and he has killed a lot of people. And I have a ranking of how many each Bond iteration has killed. (laughs) I would say it's changed because it was everything up until No Time to Die. Okay. And there was a lot of death
1: in that movie. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, But so far I have with the most kills. Wait, let me guess. If I had to guess most kills, I'm going to say Pierce Brosnan. Zach? I would
0: say not the pacifist, Roger Moore. No, he stopped Uh, killing people later on. Yeah.
2: I would say still Craig. Uh, It's Pierce Brosnan. Yay! Up until no time to die. Our second place is the pacifist. Roger Moore. Oh, so 135 for Brosnan. He killed 135, 135 people. 135 people. Roger Moore killed 90 people. He pushed a lot of little boys out of boats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did. Daniel Craig, 76 up until no time to die. I think he may take first place after this movie. You well, think so? I feel it, like. It's a little fuzzy though, because
0: a lot of buildings blow up in
2: this franchise. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah, know, yeah. And then we have Connery with 72, Dalton with 20, and Lazenby with five. Interesting. Man. Well, he only had um, one movie. And just one more number. I just to want to kind of no, w- gloss over this real you, quick. What are you going to do, Kent? Uh He has kissed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's turned down the AC 50, 58
1: times. Wow. James Bond. Yeah. And that was just in A View to a Kill. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Precisely. Oh, Yeah. Uh, all, some more stats, if I may, Kent. As of right now, George Lazenby is the youngest actor to portray 007 mm-hmm. at age 29, because James Bond is supposed to be mid-30s. Yeah. The rest of the actors, when they started, uh, Sean Connery was 31, Sir Roger Moore was 45, Timothy Dalton was 40, Pierce Brosnan was 41, and Daniel Craig was 38. So Roger Moore is the oldest one to start as Bond, and George Lazenby is the youngest. To wow, start it's going to be
0: really awkward when they cast Pete Davidson as the next one.
1: Oh, oh no. Mm. Uh, also, Kent, I wanted to point this out. There are only four unused original titles from Ian Fleming that have not been turned into James Bond movies. Why wouldn't they? The the Property of a Lady. The the Hildebrand Rarity. The Hildebrand Rarity. uh, Re... re resicchio, resicchio or? and 007 in new york or agent 007 in new york like jason takes manhattan kind yeah of. so they have those really are bad, bad titles resicchio is kind of cool but also but the the of Rarity of is great but also not all of his his books have been fully adapted a lot of times <laughs> no. they'll take the title right. or elements and they don't stay very faithful to it in fact i think there's only like one or two faithful adaptations that's to ian fleming's early books. on yeah yeah and casino royale is not bad but even like Quantum of Solace is a is a Fleming title of a short story. Really? Yeah. Crazy. Messed right? Up. I, I did. I did find out that James Bond is the fifth highest grossing film franchise in the world. Thank you, Harry Potter. Uh, it's MCU is number one. Star Wars is number two. The Wizarding World is Harry. Is Harry? Yeah. The <laughs> Wizarding World is third. Avengers is fourth. James Bond is fifth, beating out with the Avengers s- is not in the MCU. I uh, guess not. Not Okay. okay. It's its own thing. Apparently. Uh, But yeah, James Bond is fifth, followed by Spider-Man, Fast and the Furious, X-Men, Batman, and Middle Earth. That's who James Bond is beating out. Wow. Mm. Also, I did a personal count. James Bond, I I counted, and I may be off a little bit, but I counted. I took notes during each watching. James Bond was knocked out 23 times (laughs) in 27 movies. (laughs) And It was probably mostly Connery. Connery got into a lot of his fights. Most
0: of those are in Goldfinger.
1: If, though, if your your mission is to kill James Bond, you're not going to succeed. So if you're a a James Bond villain, a James Bond-esque villain out there, Mm -hmm. just make your goal to knock out James Bond. You will succeed every single time. Then monologue to him. Yes. Everything's going to work out. Put an elaborate trap in place and walk away.
0: All right, gentlemen, we got to jump into this. Indeed we do. In fact, we have 16 movies to get through. So if y'all would stop John about these whatever movies, let's get (laughs) to it. Let's Jaws some
2: more. Yeah, Yeah. Jaws. Jaws?
1: Mm. Uh, Starting with, of course, the first one, Dr. No from 1962. A resourceful British government agent seeks answers in a case involving the disappearance of a colleague and the disruption of the American space program. These are going to sound really vague. Yeah, these IMDb synopses aren't great. Actually, no, that one's pretty accurate because this is a really straightforward movie. It is. Although it's funny because I had to put something at the beginning just to remind me which one it is. And this one, I just have Bond in Jamaica. Yeah, oh, I uh, basically have given all these alternate titles with the help of my wife, honey.
0: This one is hotties, hospitality and hazmat suits.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I also noted like we we're going to talk about villains Bond girls, femme fatales, the weapons, gadgetry, cars, if they're applicable. Zach, I I know you kind of want to talk about those. I have a list. But I also have the defining characteristic of each of these for me, other than the people in them, is where the climactic battle takes place. And if you've seen the first Austin Powers, you've seen the end of Dr. No. (laughs) This is Dr. No's fortress. Yes. Which is in the ocean. Yeah. And it's just as silly as you saw in Austin Powers. Like, it's a very good riff on it,
1: and the hazmat suits are exactly as you saw. Mm-hmm. It is funny you mentioned the Bond girls, because this one is uh, Ursula Anders playing Honey Rider, but I don't know what it is with the early Bond movies, but they really like dubbing their actors mm-hmm. and actresses. Almost all of the women, and a fair amount of the men, especially if they're of any ethnicity other than British white guy, uh, they are all dubbed. Yeah, and this one, this one woman... With their uh, actual voices? No, with another voice. This Weird. one woman, Nikki Vanderzil. That's her name. Nick, that's not a Bond name. That's, a, that's her real name. Mm-hmm. Nikki Vanderzil. she dubbed, like, so many voices, including the voice of Honey Rider in this one. But also, uh, there's a Sylvia Trench character here. Yeah. Her voice as well. So she's Why doing, did you
2: dub over Ursula Andress?
1: I don't know, but yeah. they did.
0: Well, and this movie uh, was 109 minutes long, though it is kind of slower paced. Yes. But it was made for about a million dollars, and it grossed 59 and a half dollars. That's okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah. That's not bad. It also showcases James Bond's first kill on film, which is a tarantula. (laughs) It was scary. (laughs) It was a scary part. I am afraid of
2: spiders. My daughter
1: walked in the room right at that part when the spider's like crawling on him as he's sleeping, and she got freaked out. You
0: mean the spider's crawling along a pane of glass and Sean Connery's arm is moving underneath. That's basically it. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Honestly, Sean Sean Connery's arm hair looks like a tarantula, so you never know. (laughs) I was surprised when I watched this one because I said, where's the opening theme? There is no opening theme. Right. Well, I mean, it has the James Bond theme with the with the gun barrel sequence. where are the awesome stunts? Besides some weird craft on an island, this is like the most straightforward investigation type movie. Yes. This is
1: a, a murder investigation. Right. This isn't a detective movie, really. Well, Until the, the last, last 20 minutes. But the original script, Dr. No was going to be a monkey. What? Yeah, that was initial draft. They, they cut it out pretty early, but I just thought that would have been kind of crazy. It is weird because it's a straightforward movie and then they kind of
2: get to the weird fantastical Bond world where they're super villains.
1: Yes, and there's a like they tease it, fire. They lead up to
2: it, but yeah. Well, I think what it does is it's a pretty standard
0: at the time briskly paced, but now it's slow. The the Bond theme that bwana bwana comes on when he's just like walking into a hotel. Which I don't mm-hmm. mind. He's walking around. He's going to look around and search for uh, you know wiretaps in the in the hotel room buana, buana. it's, it's kind of weird but it left an impression because yeah it might have been a straightforward detective story but
1: then it gets crazy at the end Yeah, and that's what the audiences walk away with exactly I do like by the way the, the movie's called Doctor No but when they translate it into Japanese it just said we don't want doctors
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: like, yeah fun facts uh, and then uh, honey rider when she first appears she comes about water and the movie by the way and she uh, she's wearing a bikini and apparently that like bikini swimwear sales skyrocketed after this movie came out really came, this had a big influence on that so um, I, I did note the puns
2: from most of these movies oh, and good. so the notable pun with this one and these these are puns that usually take place after a kill Yes. and so bond is being pursued by another vehicle and this other vehicle that's pursuing him goes off of a cliff and he says I think they were on their way to a funeral. Oh. <laughs> wow. I love it. I love it so much. I'm going to jump right in. This is a tier 002 for me. Okay. I don't love this movie. It is much slower than the others, but what it does is create this world. The first time you see Sean Connery at the card table,
1: yes. you go, oh. There it is. Which Sylvia Trench is the one that gives him that line. Mm-hmm. The first thing he says, "What? what's your name? And she says, Trench, Sylvia Trench. And he goes, and she says, what's yours? And he goes, Bond, James Bond. Yeah. Echoing her. But that became his catchphrase from then on. Exactly. Um, this movie does
0: have as well a, a very prominent character, though never really played by the same guy multiple times, Felix Leiter. Uh, and this time CIA played by agent, CIA agent uh, who kind of
1: works with Bond. And this one is played by Jack Lord from Magnum P.I. Yeah, um, This is the weirdest thing, by the way. Like they have these characters that will reoccur. Sure. Like Moneypenny and Q. They, they come along and they stay there forever. But Felix is like one of those characters. They keep switching every movie. Yeah, and it doesn't I'm like, matter. Why?
0: Um, James Bond gets his iconic Walter PPK. Yes. His from, this is the only real gadget in this movie is he's given a gun.
2: Because his old gun is, you know... One thing about these gadgets, it's going to sound silly when we talk about a watch that can do multiple things, but back then, the, the technology wasn't invented. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but this movie for me is a 001. I love it. Love. Um, I love Even this without movie. a theme. At first, I remember the first time I watched this, because I had seen the Brosnan movies I was like what is this I've seen it probably three times since then I love how straightforward it is Mm -hmm. Bond plots get absurd they do and I like that this is straightforward this is simple I like the little touches like he in order to see that his room was broken into he just Puts a little piece of hair, yeah. on the door, and you know, dusts his his briefcase. And
1: it's he had a, he had a lot of hair. Yeah, well, not. <laughs> In not fact, later. Uh, Time Magazine called him a great big hairy marshmallow when this movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad that top of his head didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, hit it. Aww. Yeah,
1: I I think this is a fantastic movie. A great way to start off a franchise.
0: Um, Sean Connery is devastatingly handsome. Oh, absolutely. And
1: uh, I. I will return and watch this movie often. I love it. And I'm giving this one a respectful tier 001 as well. Okay. Because this is my hat tip to this for kicking off the franchise. And it is, It's like I said, it's a movie that may not hold up to like all the crazy stuff that's happened then, but mm-hmm. it set the pace. It. Uh, I'm respecting my elders here, because yes, it is slow, but... I do think this is a well-done movie, and I want to give it a tier one. Love your 001.
0: Underneath the mango tree. Yeah, there's a weird... Under like, it starts
1: the James Bond thing at the beginning with, like, the gun barrel sequence, yep. and then it jumps into Three Blind Mice, like eclipse version the of, of it. That's the theme. It's bizarre. Very, so, yeah, not great on the theme song, but everything else was pretty good. Very strange. All right, next up is From Russia With Love, from Bonded 1963. James Bond willingly falls into an assassination plot involving a naive Russian beauty in order to retrieve a Soviet encryption device that was stolen by Spectre. Okay. So, once again, Sean Connery. Yes. Directed by
2: Terrence Young again. By the way, SPECTER stands for Special Executive for yeah. Counterintelligence, Terrorism,
1: Revenge, and Extortion. They do a lot of extortion. And this was the first appearance of Q, who is the guy who gives uh, James Bond his gadgets. And it was played by Desmond Llewelyn. Do you know his real name? Do you know, like, his character name? Q. Quartermaster. Major Boothroyd.
0: Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that was Ma- in the first movie, wasn't it? Yes. Well, Major Boothroyd is is in the first movie as well, but he later on, Q was considered Major Boothroyd because back when Ian Fleming was writing the novels, there was a former military fellow named Boothroyd who wrote in to tell Ian Fleming all of the inaccuracies of the firearms. Oh. And so... Then basically Fleming turns around and names the
2: quartermaster after him. So that's why. That's cool. So So is Boothroyd. I fell in love while watching From Russia with love.
1: You fell in love with? uh, Daniela Bianchi. She's beautiful. Tatiana Tatiana Romanova. Romanova. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not her voice. She's voiced by Barbara Jefford. What? They dubbed her. I'm so confused. Every single female. I don't know why. She is, I think, quintessential early Bond girl. She's I stunning. love her. Yes. She's and you say quintessential and that fits in because Quint is in this as well. Yeah, from Jaws. Quint mm-hmm. from Jaws. It was Red weird Grant. to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. Red. He plays the the henchman, Donald Red Grant. He's got he is, blonde hair.
2: Uh, because it's the counterplay, you have these, and he's even kind of a henchman in this movie. Mm-hmm. He would be the henchman. Yeah, Inspector's right. kind of the, the boss. Yeah, uh, Rosa Klebb, who was like a Miss Trunchbull sort of character, yeah. <laughs> right? Trunchbull character with a uh, spike shoes. Yes, poison tipped spike yeah knife, like shoot. a knife yeah. shoots out of the front of her shoe but like you said the, this Red Grant character the counterplay between the evil spy and the good spy it happened really early in the franchise but it worked so well because it's they didn't have probably a huge budget to work with in this movie no
1: but the stunts it was like well, lockdown drag out they, they had doubled their last budget so the first movie was 1 million this was mm. 2 million so they got a little bit more okay
0: my alternate title for this one is hashtag train fight begins, right? There is a trope throughout this franchise of really good fights on a train. And yeah. this is the first time it happens. And it it's is so awesome. good. It's a lot of it's fun. Glorious. And the fight,
1: the fight is really fun to watch. It's only a few minutes, but it took three weeks to film that fight scene. Yeah. Can you imagine going to work for three weeks and just choreographing fights? This is where we start to get gadgets. So Bond is issued by
0: Q a briefcase that has a knife that sticks out of it. Uh-huh. It's got uh, gold you, sovereigns in there. And then it's got a special lap. If you here. open it yep. the wrong way, gas will shoot out. Yeah. it explode in your face. That's where it starts to get pretty cool. Yeah. And yes. then for cars, the only prominent car here is James Bond is seen driving a 1935 Bentley, which uh, is actually the car from the books
1: is a 33 Bentley from the books. Mm-hmm. This was the last James Bond movie to be viewed by Ian Fleming. He died mm-hmm. after this one came out. And as Kent mentioned, it's the last movie JFK saw as well. This movie is very iconic for a number of reasons. And it, I think this is where Bond truly hits its stride. I really enjoyed it. The theme song is not great. Well, it's just instrumental. They have it at the end. They have the, uh, okay. the singing, but at the beginning, no, yeah, which is
0: like weird. Did you, did you notice that they play the, like the radio hit in the universe of the show, yeah. These are, like when when he's hanging out with Sylvia Trench at the beginning, you can yeah. hear the radio playing from
1: Russia with love. Hmm. It's yeah, weird. Oh, oh yeah. And Ken, I forgot you mentioned Daniela B- Bianchi. I can't say her name. The the yeah, the Bond girl. Yeah. This one. She is the youngest actress to play a leading Bond girl in the film franchise. I think she was twenty one, if I remember right. She's All right, quite beautiful. So, Joel, what do you give it? Uh, this is a tier 001 as well, an easy tier 001, because I enjoyed the story. I enjoy the henchman. I enjoy the villain. I thought Bond was fantastic. You get Q in this one as well. And Q, Q went on to play Q for 36 years, 17 films he mm-hmm. was in this. I really enjoyed this film, 001. Th- for this me. felt
2: like Hitchcock to me, because there is the suspicion the entire time. Yeah. You're not sure who's playing who when the two spies actually get together. It's not just a straight up fight immediately. Like They no. actually have a conversation, and it's it's creepy. There's a creepy vibe to it. Yeah. And well, I give it a tier 001 as well.
0: There's all sorts of, I mean, Spectre doing its thing. There's lots of extortion and, right? You mm-hmm. know, you've got. What well, do you get, Blofeld? This is the introduction of Blofeld. You don't see his face. Yes, but you see the, the cat, petting, petting the cat. The,
1: the villain petting a cat. Yeah, that's from Butcher With Love* right. and,
0: 1963. You know, you have Rosa Klebb, who
1: was in Smirsh, which is a Soviet organization. Well, Smirsh in the books, but they do change it to. But Spectre. She's in Smursh in the movie. Is she in Smursh in the? Yeah, Smursh is a real organization. I can't. I remember they, they cha- say remember they, cha- they say. So- I think they changed it to avoid political. Overtones. Well, because she she was
0: basically you know part of the Soviets, but actually part of Spectre. Uh. So they have all of that element through there. This one is the hipster's choice for the favorite. I'm not going to go that far, but absolutely a 001. We agree. Yeah. Uh, This is this is really where you know. Oh, we've got something magical here. Now next up we have 1964's Goldfinger. Say it right, Goldfinger.
1: Uh, Bond in Kentucky. Uh, While investigating (laughs) a gold magnet smuggling, James Bond undercovers a plot to contaminate the Fort Knox Gold Reserve. Mm -hmm. Which I love that plot device, by the way, because if I remember right, in the books, the plot is to steal the gold from Fort Knox. And then when they made the movie, they're like, that wouldn't be possible. So they have this whole scene explaining why that's not going to work, Goldfinger. So Goldfinger decides to contaminate the gold so it becomes worthless. This is the
2: weirdest spy buddy movie in the series. Because he kind of has this unfriendly alliance with Goldfinger. I love the the villains in in the Bond
1: movies are so polite. And I love it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mentioned hospitality in Dr. No. Like literally once... You know, he's captured by Doctor No. They put him up in a nice hotel and give him a way too long decontamination bath and right <laughs> and nice clothes. And then you know, same thing with Goldfinger. He's they do this weird thing where James Bond gets captured, but they're like, well, he might, he might have just kind of hang out.
1: So like, just hang out with us. Yeah. yeah. Um. But Goldfinger is the one that set the formula in place. This is a, was a smash hit, a budget of $3 million, and yeah. it made $125 million. Yeah. This is the one with the laser on the table. Do you expect me to talk? No, no Mr. Bond. Mr. Bond, I expect, I expect you to die. die. Which also has- In the book, it was actually a saw. Okay. But lasers were were yeah, brand new
2: yeah. and cool the at future. the time. So also, it has Odd Job, which brings in the zany henchman <laughs> yeah. vibe. Yes, because he had the hat hench- the- henchman with a thing. He has a yes. hat
1: that he throws, and it has like a blade on it that can cut stuff. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So my alternate title
0: for this one is Bond meets the Decapitator. On Moon River. (laughs) Why Moon River? (laughs) Because the song, every single time, it's Uh, Goldfinger.
2: It's Moon River. Uh (laughs) Every time. There are several Bond women here. Yes. And I don't want to spoil too much, but it's actually kind of grim what happens to a few of them. We have Jill and Tilly Masterson. The Masterson sisters, I absolutely love them.
0: We have the legendary, uh, would you call her the femme fatale? Would you call her henchman? I would say femme fem fatale. Femme fatale, pussy galore. Yes. Yeah. Great character. Played by Honor
1: Blackman. Uh, yeah. Absolutely beautiful. And she's a great character too. She's like a very competent pilot who who doesn't like Bond's she's, advances. Yeah, she's got her
0: flying circus. She's teaching yes. all these these women to
1: fly. Like, And this is what, where the Aston Martin comes into play, yes, right? Yes, the 1963, 64, uh, Aston Martin DB5. Yes. The most legendary James Bond car. And I do, I do like James Bond. I think he's a great character, very competent. But this is the one where he crashes because of a mirror. Yeah, and that really bothers me that he was fooled by like he's driving along, he sees headlights, so he tries to swerve. Is a pretty it's panic situation. His own reflection in a mirror. <laughs> this is also when he is Sean Connery. This is when Sean Connery started wearing a hairpiece. Mm-hmm. Boy, did movie. he! Yeah, and even though it was in, set in Fort Knox, it wasn't filmed in America at all. But people <laughs> that didn't like. They didn't know what inside of Fort Knox right. was, and so they, they designed this thing. I believed it. And people got angry and wrote letters saying, how dare you let a British film service into Fort Knox? How dare you? You're like, you you need to talk to Mr. Ken Adam, production designer, who is amazing at what yeah. he does.
0: This one does have a fun gadget of a homing beacon you can put in the heel of your shoe.
2: Yes. Wow. <laughs> now, Connery was really, he loved his electricity puns in this one, because when he electrocutes a guy in a bathtub, mm-hmm. he says, Shocking. Positively shocking. Yes. And then when Oddjob oh, gets electrocuted with some bars, he says...
1: I like how you not want to spoil it. Yeah. He, he blew a fuse. Well, yeah. jeez. There's, there's, there's some good, good one. ones in here. We have another appearance from Felix Leiter. Yes. This is also the first Bond film to win an Oscar. So it won for sound editing. All right. Because yeah. apparently the crackle of electricity in gold yeah, bars exactly. or something, that did it. Oh. Uh, if you guys give this anything other than a tier 001, I'm going to slap well, you in the face. Well, let's talk about that. Seth, you go is, first. This show
0: is going to be very long. I am going to give this an honorary award of, and this will be controversial, the most overrated Bond. (gasps) This is... Every list you look at, everybody you talk to, they say this it's is their so face. Much is this fun? not Connery having the most fun in the role? This is Connery along for a ride, and yeah. I hate that.
2: No, 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 because no. he didn't even care about the later
0: roles. No, I'm saying literally the plot. James Bond does nothing. This is like Indiana Jones in sure. The Lost Ark. Sure, does nothing. Plot, he's, he's captured. And he's he a just, prisoner. He just hangs out with, with Goldfinger. You say they're being friends. No. He, he's a very, It's he, a p- very passive role for him. It, it, this, because bond is not anxiously engaged in anything that's why i love dr no right he's investigating
1: stuff he's doing spy stuff he's investigating here no he's not he's hanging out no I, I hate he talks that. to james bond or he talks to goldfinger he gets in his mind he messes with him yeah I, he informs the other people what's going to happen it's,
2: it's weak it's weak but there. his performance is so good
1: though zach this, i've got my slappers ready just like in goldfinger Goldfing. i, get your I hat. will say always
0: this is overrated People put it as their number one, but it should be like their number three. This is a double (laughs) oh one. Like this is amazing. This is okay. I literally
1: have my slappers ready. This is
0: the movie that set the formula, but it's not my personal favorite, but it much due respect. And there's a Mustang in this one, which is great. Um, you do like your mustache. I do. There's a lot of Fords in this one, actually. But yeah, it, this this is the movie that if you want to know what Bond's about, you watch this. Yeah, it's 001. I won't even waste time. Okay. Slappers down. Mm-hmm. Moving on.
1: We have Thunderball 1965. James Bond heads the Bahamas to recover two nuclear warheads stolen by Spectre, Agent Emilio Largo, in an international extortion scheme. So once again, we have uh, Sean Connery. as his fourth mm-hmm. time as James Bond. And we have uh, Claudine Auger as Domino, the Bond girl in this one. Tier one. Is, Tier wo- one. One Domino is beautiful. She is amazing. Uh, her it's voice true. is dubbed Domino's by Nikki great. Vandersil. Okay, not even a real voice. Well, there's Fiona Volpe
2: as well. She's yes. cool. And uh, Tom Jones sings the title song. And passed out at the
1: final note in the recording he booth. It. He did for yeah. real.
2: Thunderball.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Kind of like I did in the intro.
0: Total, total <laughs> killer theme.
1: Yeah. Yes. Now Thunderball was made for nine million dollars, more than all the previous Bond movies combined. Like this blew away that budget. But it also made 141.2 million dollars at the box office, which, when adjusted for infl- inflation, this is the most financially successful film of the series. Wow. Okay. Thunderball. This is one where, for the first half hour, they show Sean Connery without a shirt.
2: Yes. He's like at a spa, <laughs> yes. getting attacked. He's strapped in. He's getting like a the ab, exercise ab roller rack, and and it's he gets strapped in, and that's like so he's <laughs> almost killed. And my
1: notes say Connery is the hairiest man. That chest. <laughs> uh, and he does. He gets strapped to this exercise table and it's like all of a sudden someone turns it up and it gets crazy and it looks so corny, but I still I enjoy it. Yeah. This is also the one where he punches the woman and then he takes off the wig. Yes. And, and yeah, it's, it's a man. This is also the one where they have sharks in the pool. Uh, no my, laser, greatest no no my greatest fear. No greatest fear. No laser beams attached to their heads. But still sharks in a swimming pool? Yes. That's a yeah, fun fact about the shark. Oh the one that yeah. yeah so there was there was a, a a thing between like a little screen between the sharks and Sean Connery but it wasn't fixed properly and the shark got out and almost ate Sean Connery mm-hmm. and the uh, the reaction to a shark popping out when he opens a door
0: is actually just Connery going what That's not supposed to be happening. (laughs) Uh, So pretty intense. This also was filmed in a wider, more cinematic aspect ratio, thus causing them to have to film a new gun barrel sequence. And so Sean Connery actually appears with unstable footing in the gun barrel for the first time in this movie. Why did they shoot half of the movie in
1: the ocean? Or in a big water tank. Why basically. did they
0: involve water at all? Which gets me into my
1: alternate title, Spears in Slow Motion. No, yep. this is one where they, they went all in on the scuba fights. Like they and it blew their budget underwater. It, it on the wasn't Bond fights. fighting people, it was the army. It's like Aquaman. Remember the Aquaman movie? Where they have yes. two armies fighting each other on a much smaller scale. Yeah. And real. Like, that's one thing I love about Bond movies is they are practical effects. There's very little CGI. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no Up CGI in the, the later ones, ones. Yeah. sure. Yeah. But in this one, it's like, they're really underwater fighting but, each other. But there's so sharks. much
2: collateral damage in the ocean, you don't know who's killing who, honestly. Yeah. And oh, you don't really care. Orange, orange jumpsuits. Oh, okay. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, we're like 40 minutes into this. Well, let's get your uh, your tier. Uh, tier 003. Tier 3. I love Domino. She saves this movie. In fact, she shoots one of the villains in the back with a spear gun, and Bond says... I think you got the point. (laughs) So, but, but I love Domino, but it's not enough to save this movie. I do love her character as well. I think it's quite boring. And this is critically loved. Yes. This is,
1: this is like everyone's favorite. You said tier what? Tier 003. 003. I'm giving it a 002. Okay. Wow. Because I do respect it. I do enjoy it, but it does go on a little long, especially the underwater fights. But it's got Blofeld again. It's got uh, Largo it's got with Blofeld's, the eye patch. glowfeld It's got torso. Sharks. This is a fun one and also won the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects.
0: Kent made my point. I'm also going 003. Now we move into a strange time in the franchise we are going to step away from Mr. Connery for a moment for 1967's
1: Casino Royale Casino Royale was made before Daniel Craig stepped in the light up the cilantro because this one gets (laughs) weird Uh, synopsis in an early spy spoof aging Sir James Bond comes out of retirement to take on Smirsh and this uh, stars David Niven and Peter Sellers. But uh, Ursula Andress is Honey Rider. Peter Sellers is James, James Bond 100. 007. Ursula Andress is Vesper Lynn 007. David
2: Niven is, is Sir James Bond. Woody Allen is Jimmy Bond. Yes. And there are like seven James Bond. Orison Wells
0: mention altogether. Orson Welles. A is title.
1: Title. yes there's, there's a Yes. T- James Bond is a title in this movie. It's a comedy. Uh, basically, comedy. David Niven is uh, the gentleman spy who's heard that someone else is using his name to do all these crazy things. Yeah. So he goes after him. This is a cinematic nightmare. Oh that I gosh. don't know how it was actually finished. This was directed by like six directors. Yes. Six different directors on this. I'm not even making uh, that up. Ten and like, writers as well. Yeah, and like tons of writers as well. This The budget was more than any Bond film up to that point. It was $12 million. And I think it's because they could not figure out what they wanted to do. It's, well they even fired Peter Sellers before so it was done is he the know? biggest jerk back then That's yeah. what, for he,
0: everything shows at that, that he point,
1: was horrible it, at that point in his career he'd done comedy and he wanted mm-hmm. to be taken more seriously so they hired him being like this is a funny James Bond movie and he's like no I'm gonna be James Bond I'm gonna be played this seriously like no we want you to be funny he's like no I'm not a clown anymore I want to be James Bond yeah apparently
2: he was in a scene with Jacqueline Bisset and he shot a prop gun in her face yeah. and it blinded her temporarily
1: and Yeah, she, she had, so she gets like PTSD from that she had powder burns on her face yeah. it was terrible it's so confusing and terrible. I don't even want to spend too much time on it. I was going to say yeah. like at the end it's out of control. There's a UFO at one right. point. It's just My ridiculous. alternate title is please don't watch this 003. Yeah, 003. Easily. Yes. This is the worst thing from the series. And yet it earned an Oscar nomination for Bert uh, for the well, Look of Love. Bert, Bert, Bert Backrack does the score for this. That's the only redeemable part. It also did. gave David Prouse his uh, oh. his start as Frankenstein in this movie. The body of Darth Vader. Yes. <laughs> This is a terrible, terrible movie. Avoid this movie. 003. Never see it. Never see it. Now we go to You Only Live Twice from 1967. Which came out two months after Casino mm-hmm. Royale. So we're back to official movies then. Back to official movies now. Thank goodness You Only Live Twice. Agent 007 and the Japanese Secret Service Ninja Force must stop the tr- <laughs> must stop the true couplet of a series of space jackings before nuclear war is provoked. I love that <laughs>
2: I love so that. So we have the first actual appearance of Blofeld, Ernst Stavro Blofeld. Played this by time, Donald Pleasant. Exactly. And we also have Bond girls Aki, Kissy
1: Suzuki, and Helga Brandt. Yeah, uh, dubbed by Nikki Vanderzil. Okay.
0: Kissy's name is never said, but uh, you know James Bond takes on a wife named Kissy Suzuki. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Aki is this awesome getaway driver in the super cool custom uh, Toyota 2000 GT.
2: So there is this trope where women save Bond countless times and then they become the martyr because they die at some point and it's mm-hmm. a sacrifice that he has to get revenge for. And her death was so sad. It yeah, was. I mean, not so sad because it happens in, like two
1: seconds, but I'm like, that was undeserved. Well, and that's really take a string and put poison on yeah. it and it like drips down. It's meant to go for Bond. And it's just, its I thought about that. I'm like, that's a horrible way to it's kill somebody. A, it's a real technique. Yeah, it's yeah. scary. Uh, by the way, screenplay by Roald Dahl. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's m-
0: crazy. Yeah, Roald Dahl wrote the screenplay for this and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> um, I, my alternate title
1: here is Asian James versus the Volcano. <laughs> That makes sense. (laughs) Because it's a little insensitive. Well, no, I do feel like this was like, I I, I try to do some research. I don't have this. This is not official. just Joel research. But I believe this is the first English-speaking movie to feature ninjas. And I think it introduced Americans and and, uh, people in the UK to Japanese culture, like sumo wrestling and and their weddings and just Mm kind of how the things were over there. It's not completely accurate, but I still think it kind of opened that window to be like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah.
0: Joel, they try to turn like six foot three Scottish Sean Connery into a Japanese man, and it's
1: weird. He's going go undercover. A crazy haircut. He,
0: why does it to go undercover? He has to have Asian prosthetics and take a <laughs> wife. Who we hope doesn't look like a hog or whatever a he pig. says. It's his face a like pig. A pig.
2: I love oh in this movie gosh. that spaceships swallow
1: other spaceships. Spaceships eat other spaceships. Yeah. It's, it's actually
2: sp- kind of a terrifying concept. Oh, it's coming back No, Zach the just mad at this
1: movie because Bond never gets behind the wheel of an automobile in this oh, movie. Oh, that's the only why. one in the franchise where he doesn't get behind the wheel of an automobile. They, they cut the top off of Aki's Toyota because mm-hmm. Sean Connery wouldn't fit. <laughs> so they made a custom convertible. There's like two of them that existed. Oh, and, and fun fact, uh, at one point, uh, Sean Connery is fighting... This uh, uh, Samoan pro wrestler, the high chief. Is that it, where he throws the couch at him? I believe so. Love and that is thing. the grandfather of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, but really? Yeah. Fun fact there. Uh, also, this is the one where, where uh, Bond fever had breached fever pitch. And everyone right. loved James Bond. And he went over there. And peop- and the paparazzi, were. he went over to Japan. And people were crazy. And they ended up taking a picture of him on the toilet while he was going in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And, and like, he kind of got sick of it all. And he said, I'm done. I'm not doing James Bond anymore right. after this. Because he was just tired of all the publicity.
2: Now we have the return of the mega base because this base is hidden in a volcano,
0: hollowed out volcano layer.
2: So cool! It is so cool. It's the
0: amazing. This is the, like probably one of my favorites. We have the trams in there. Just watching the people work in the volcano base and the it color. Is so co- much fun. The color coded workers, like some of them are yes. red and orange and yellow.
1: Yes, I feel like this is the the base fight that Doctor No wished it could have been. Exactly, but they didn't have the budget. They have the budget here. Also, if you haven't seen this movie, but you have seen Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, it's like that. And there's Piranha Fish, as Blofeld caused them. Yeah. So Joel, what do you give this one? Uh, This one is a tier 002 for me. This used to be my favorite, like I said. Mm -hmm. But after watching a lot of the other James Bond, this one did get bumped out. I really do enjoy the concept of Bond faking. It's faking his own death at the beginning. Right. And then he's able to go undercover because of that. I enjoy the concept, but yes, 002 for me.
0: This is actually one of my very favorites. Um, It's ridiculous. And I tend to like the bonds that lean more serious, like a Dr. No or a Casino Royale or something like that. And I also like the ones that are kind of absurd because this franchise does that well. And this is on the absurd side. And I love it. It's a 001
1: for me. Entertaining
0: from start to finish. 001. Dang it. I knew I shouldn't have pushed it out. I, I don't know if I just want it to be that way, but I think the story like from a, s- a screenplay. The pacing it's is really great.
1: straightforward, and yeah. I'm going to thank Bond for that. We, we limited ourselves to nine 001s, nine 002s, and nine 003s. Right. So this was one I had it's to get, get pushed bumps. out because I would have given this one a tier one if I just had unlimited. I think most
0: everybody would put this somewhere in the middle. Um, I yeah. think Kent and I may be a little higher on it than the average, but it is a really fun James
1: Bond movie and I think encapsulates the franchise well. And based on the last novel that Ian Fleming published during his lifetime. So you said Sean Connery left. Sean Connery left. He was done. Then what happens? In Steps In. 1969's On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Starring George Lazenby, who, by the way, they found because they saw him in a Fry's chocolate ice cream advertisement. Advertisement. Yeah, he's an Australian model. Yeah, he's a model that they kind of, they, they were looking for a bunch of people and they decided to go with this guy. And he's Australian right in the the Brits they're very possessive
2: of James Bond the Queen's on their money it's fine <laughs> it's true it's all in the Commonwealth but when, at the beginning of the movie when he's like they never happened to the other fella oh that's never happened yeah, to that, the that, other it's so, like
1: something happens and he literally turns to the camera and says this never happened to the other fellow referring to Sean Connery and Totally breaking the they fourth They tried ball. so hard to bring in the mythology that's happened before because in the intro for the first time,
2: it was clips of the other Sean the Connery movies. exactly. Yeah, Exactly. Projected onto Just bo- to, women's yeah. bodies. <laughs> well, yes, of course. Yeah. Previously
1: on James Bond. So what's this one about? Oh, James Bond woos a mob boss's daughter and goes undercover to uncover the true reason for Blofeld's allergy research in the Swiss Alps that involves beautiful <laughs> women from around the world. <laughs> Alternate title, James Bond at the Winter Olympics. Yeah. yeah. And this does star Diana Rigg, uh, who you may know her as Lady Holiday from The Muppets. Yeah. Or uh, Lady Tyrell from Game of Thrones. Yeah, or in Game my Thrones. case,
0: you may know her as Tracy from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yes.
2: <laughs> or from the original The Avengers. Oh, yeah. She's in The uh, mm-hmm. Avengers. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah like the movie. no, she is a legend. Uh, also, Blofeld, as you said, is back in this one, but played by Telly Savalis. Yeah. From Kojak. again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one felt cheesier to me. I feel like maybe... George Lazenby didn't know how to fight, and so they have to do these really quick cut. Well, he's fights. real linky.
0: So actually it's the other way around. George Lazenby was really, really good at fighting, and that's why they uh they actually hired him because he could throw a punch so much so that he was he was actually hitting people like on the set. But the fight scenes were so sloppy. Because this was directed by Peter Hunt, who was an editor on the previous movies, mm. and he wanted to do crazy things. This is the mind of an editor saying, I'm now the director, I'm gonna do weird stuff. And there is a lot
1: of we'll say creative editing choices here that he put forth. Yeah. And this is after uh, the events of You Only Live Twice, they decided to be a little more grounded, a little more realistic. They wanted to drop the science fiction gadgets and just focus on the uh, closely on the novel as closely as they could. And the reason I'm not a huge fan of George Lazenby is because from the get go, he was like, I don't like this. And then during the filming, he's like, I don't like this. And but he, he said, wanted to be a star so. Like, this bad. is my only film. This is my only James Bond film. And after it was over, he's like, "I'm so done with that." He grew out his beard long and, and his hair long to go to the premiere, and he's just like, "No, Bond is the past. I'm moving on now." And I'm like, "You didn't want that from the beginning, you jerk." But he kind of ties himself. Like he regrets it, obviously. You think the- he does? Yeah. There is a
0: documentary
1: on him that mm-hmm. he, yeah. it's the worst decision of his life. Well, and there was there was a rumor. I, I talked about this in the last Bond episode we had way back when. But uh, back in the day, I believed it that he was Bond. Thought he was successful, went sailing around the world and yes. came back and found out he'd been replaced, which apparently was some rumor someone started back in the day. Yeah. That's not a true at all, apparently.
2: No. So I want to apologize to everyone who watches this movie because it's two hours and 22 minutes. It's very long. Yeah, it the first long. time I watched this two years ago. Not the, the longest time in
1: the franchise. I
2: Well, now, I didn't like this movie two years ago. And then you watched it again? And then I watched it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And it's tier 001. Yes! They do something because Diana Rigg is so good. She's very good. She's
1: uh, she's good in parts.
2: No, I, I think she's she so is. She's so good. You just don't, don't like solid. the beginning. She is a co-lead in the movie. It's no longer Bond girl. It is a co-lead.
0: Well, and you could tell what they did was say, hey, we've got this weak actor as our lead. Right. We need
2: someone strong. Yeah. And then when the ending happens, because it has such Spoiler weight, alert. It has such weight for the character of Bond. Oh, well, Bond... By the way, Bond's kind of standalone, except for there's a few, like, plot threads yeah. weaved in. And yeah. sometimes they matter,
1: sometimes they don't. Yeah, most movies you can just watch and not have any previous Sp- knowledge. This, this one had long-standing consequences, even to this day. Because, spoiler alert for Honor Majesty's Secret Service in 1969, 5678, Bond gets married at yeah. the end. He marries Tracy. And then, spoiler alert again, she gets killed right after. And it's... Devastated. It is, well, that's just it. This whole movie is goofy and mm-hmm. kind of like, I mean, it's its weird because it's serious and cheesy at the same time. I don't quite get it. But it's kind of this weird kind of lighthearted tone. And it gets to the end. And all of a sudden, Blofeld and I think Klebb yep. drive by, shoot the car up. And Bond's uh, like, Irma. Ah, Irma, Irma, that's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, shoot the car. And Bond's like, all right, let's go get him. And Because he got out of the car to take the flowers off the, the decorated car. And then he goes in and, and Tracy's just dead. And it's horrible. It The, the police officer drives up. And he's like, he looks in the car and buns like, it's okay. She's just sleeping. And I'm like, this is a dramatic, like it was a complete tonal
2: shift. It's weird because earlier in the movie, there's a ski chase, which is pretty fun to watch. And there's another dumb dumb pun where someone gets pulverized by a snow machine, like a snow blower. And he goes, yeah, he had a lot of guts. (laughs) That was horrifying. That was terrible. And then it ends with this moment where you're like, I'm hurt. Yeah.
1: And of course the score here is amazing. The yes. score is outstanding. And this does have uh, all the time. We have all the time in the world by Louis Armstrong. Mm-hmm. The last song that Louis Armstrong recorded Wow, mm-hmm. before he passed away. Yeah, uh, So I gave it a tier 001, Joel. Uh, tier 003. <gasps> I, what? I know. I know Zach loves Zach this one. Zach, get the slappers out. It really was Lazenby. Watching it again, I love Diana Rigg. I don't like Lazenby. And as I watched him again, I'm like, he just does But the role has me. weight. The role gives him weight as an actor. It does. And I like the story. The story was fine as
2: well, well but, but
1: do you wish you saw Sean Connery and Diana Rick together? This do you think like it would have carried? More? I want to clarify. This is y- not a vindictive. This is not a vindictive. Deserves a tier three. This sure. is it. Got bumped down to tier three, where okay. I had it up in sure, tier two. Sure. So, and I'm presuming. Zach, oh, it's
0: a tier one for sure. 001. I mean, double one. Could you cut uh, a half hour
2: from the ski lodge though?
0: Uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit long—the mm-hmm. long sequences of the allergy clinic and things like that. Um, but I just found myself really in on all of it and very invested. I liked this side of Bond. I liked that it was a different like the take. Scottish uh, kilt side of Bond. Yeah, well, uh, Sir Hilary Bray, which gonna blow Kent's mind. Yeah, he was dubbed. By the way, what? Every time he was to Hillary <laughs> Bray, and uh,
1: we should clarify that when James Bond goes undercover in mm-hmm. this one, he actually does take an alias of Hilly, a genealogist. Who and goes up in this him? mountain. He's dubbed. He goes up to this mountain facility with beautiful women who yeah, are getting allergy of treatments. Yeah.
0: So for about half this movie, George Lazenby isn't actually talking it's for the best. Yeah, it probably the is. The
1: Ganyakaba fedinkim.
0: I could probably you could probably cut 20 minutes of him climbing on ski lifts alone,
1: but <laughs> the bobsledding scene by the way, they actually added so parts silly. in. They added parts into the to the story because of accidents oh. the stuntmen had on the bobsleds. Oh, oh, and
2: Blofeld has a bald ski cap as
0: well. Yeah, he does. <laughs> this is one of the best in the franchise, 001. Check it out if you haven't. I, I Watch it, it
2: twice
1: it. to enjoy it. Yeah. Just be expecting the rug to be pulled out from under you at the end mm-hmm. yeah. and a lot of cheese before that. Speaking of cheese, now we move Ah. to 1971's Diamonds Are Forever. A diamond smuggling investigation leads James Bond to Las Vegas, where he uncovers an evil plot involving a rich business tycoon. Once again, Blofeld is back, but this time played by By Charles Gray.
2: And Charles Gray and Charles Gray.
1: Yes, Charles Gray. It's It's a body
2: duplication sort of thing. Who was
1: previously seen in You Only Live Twice. As a different character, yeah, he was a good character. guy in that movie. And then he's the main bad guy in this one. He was one. the very most, British but also character. the return of Sean Connery. Yes. So after uh, George Lazenby said, "I'm not doing it anymore," then, well, Sean, Sean Connery, Connery said, who I aged like I will.
2: ten years in between. He did, and his yeah. hair piece a lot of is eye makeup on hair hair One is bad in this mm-hmm.
1: one. Yeah, uh, this is one where I think the henchmen are what saved the movie. Yes, yeah. because it's Mister Mister Wint and Mister Mr. Mr. Kid. Mr. Kidd. And it's played by Bruce Glover and Potter Smith. Bruce Glover, by the way, the dad of Crispin Glover mm-hmm. of Back to the Future, uh, George McFly. This is a weird one because there was some weird filming stuff going on where like there's a there's a scene between Moneypenny and uh, played by Lois Maxwell and, and James Bond playing by Sean Connery. They were never in the same location like they just didn't film them together. Like he's sitting in a car, she's standing outside and they filmed them separately because they weren't together. Yeah, she, and she's like dressed as uh, someone from the airport, a meter maid or something. Meter yeah. maid, yeah, that's right. Um, also, one of the biggest uh, continuity errors in the James Bond movie. Yeah, there's a part yeah. where he he's in Vegas and he's driving around and he. And he oh, hold on, us. hold on, Joel. Oh, 1971 Mustang Mach One. Yes, go on. and he uh, go has to go into an alley. So he then like hits a bump and tips the car up on two wheels, and the car enters the alley on the right side tires and exits the alley driving on the left side tires. That's a movie sin. But that just... I bring that up because that to me is what this movie is. It's a little bit sloppy. It's very sloppy.
2: But it does have iconic characters, though. We have Jill St. John. We've also got Plenty O'Toole. Mm -hmm. Like, it it is memorable. Jill St. John playing... Oh, uh, oh, Tiffany Case. Tiffany Tiffany Case. Case. Yes. And so it's good performances. Like, uh, they're they're campy, Mm -hmm. but they know what they are. I think Connery was the one that was kind of confused. Oh, mercy. (laughs) But it's in a movie that's just... It looks
1: kind of low budget because of the, rest of the Sean yes. Connery Sean Connery demanded a higher salary coming back into this movie so they had to skimp on the special effects got budget got a million dollars for this movie yeah which is like
0: more than Robert Downey Jr. got for Avengers and know?
1: they were going all out to win back Ameri- American audience with this one that's why it's in Vegas right. it, it deals with a lot of American themes I call it Sean Connery's Vegas vacation that's what it feels yeah, like yeah absolutely so Zach uh,
0: I think this movie is a lot of fun. Actually, I, this is one that was pretty low on my personal ranking list until my rewatch, and I found myself having a blast. Uh, Connery does the Bond things that I like, where he kind of he's like sneaking around a little bit. Um, there's a character, Willard Watt, who is played by Jimmy oh, Dean. So corny. of the sausage fame. Yes, mm-hmm. like Jimmy they Dean. They saw him sausages. in commercials and were like, "We want him." He's. It's just this movie is again it swings into the absurd. And I have a lot of fun. I'm going to give this a 002.
1: It's a 003. Yep. I give it a 003 as yeah, well. Quality-wise, it's 003. This really took a dip in quality. And uh, fun fact, this is the last time we get to see Blofeld for a long time because of legal reasons. It's for the
2: best. They start to overuse him.
1: Technically, point, we don't see him until, what, 2015? So Technically. Technically. Although they do... We'll get into that. Yeah, way. we'll appears, talk about that today. It appears a little bit.
0: Well, now we are going to end, mostly... Our Sean Connery era,
1: Goodbye. and move into the next phase, *Live and Let Die* from 1973. Da-na-na, da-na-na, da-na. James Bond is sent to stop a diabolically brilliant heroin magnet armed with a complex organization and a reliable psychic tarot card reader. So we have Sir Roger Moore, or that time Roger Moore, just Roger, Moore jumping Moore in, which I thought was a crazy
2: casting decision. So he almost got the role from the very get go. Mm-hmm. He's one of the main guys from back when Sean Connery yeah. was being cast. Yeah, and it's not like he's younger than Connery. It's not like they said. No. Hey, He's let's old. get a younger guy. He's older than Sean Connery, even at this uh, two, point. Well, and three the, years they did, older. Well, did,
1: United Artists did approach Adam West and Burt Reynolds before they went Adam to the Adam West and Roger Moore. Moore looked very similar. Yeah. And then, but uh, Roger Moore was in a, a TV show uh, called The Saint from 1962 to Classic. 1969. Uh, and because of, a lot, I think a lot of, because James Bond, The Saint became this popular spy show. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where he was coming from. So this is less about the world's end. This is less about nuclear
2: weapons. This is more just a drug trafficking movie. And in fact, I would say this Set is where... Set in New Orleans. Once again, they were trying to appeal to American audiences. This is yeah. a, a black
1: exploitation movie they that are was very popular at the time. Definitely pandering in this movie where it's kind of, oh, blaxploitation movies are popular right now. Let's go all in on yeah. that. They use terms like uh, white pimp mobile and you got a hunky on your tail and things like that. Right. like, okay, yeah. So
0: what you're telling me is this is a bad joke.
2: James Bond movie? No, zero percent. Uh, okay, maybe a good eleven percent. Maybe a no, good movie. I think Roger Moore coming into the role is a bad. He James looks, Bond movie. he looks fresh, even though he's a little bit older. He looks ready for it. He is a gentleman spy in this movie. He's not devastatingly
0: handsome like Connery. I think but he's quite he handsome. Is
2: dashingly handsome. He yeah, I think he's in instantly likable in the role. He doesn't seem as deadly though. This is, in fact, when they try to make him more like Connery, it doesn't work out. No, no, and and I definitely think they were trying to go with something different, just to be like, we're gonna we're gonna be
0: alternating. He doesn't drink his signature vodka martini shaken right. not stirred. He has a high tech espresso machine. You know, he, this this is a different guy, even though it's the same guy. They're trying to set a different tone here. Yeah, it doesn't work for me, but mm-hmm. I am willing to admit this is a good movie.
1: Well, and this is also the one where they bring in this kind of this, the comedic relief of the redneck sheriff. J.W. Pepper Pepper
0: can just his own trilogy? so
1: much He appears uh, uh, twice Is is it just twice twice, I think yeah. But he has a big There's an extended boat race in this one In in like the the swamps And then he has a lot of screen time That I was like it's not working Stop doing it But this also has Live and Let Die the, The song by Paul McCartney and Wings Which is a lot of fun I think the boat chase is fun. I think
2: the fake snakes are
1: very cool.
2: The Bear, real crocodiles. Yeah, the real crocodiles. Baron Samedi is a great henchman. Yeah. Like, actually he's, creepy. He's so awesome.
1: I want to bring back to the crocodiles real quick. So they were yeah, looking for locations, and they found this crocodile farm. They're looking around, and they're just like, see this crocodile farm, owned by a guy named Ross Kananga. Kananga. And the sign said, trespassers will be eaten. So they go in there, kind of explore it, and they're like, we got to write this in the movie. And they named the bad guy yeah. after the farm owner. <laughs> Not only that, there's a part in this movie where James Bond's trapped on an island and there's gators. They, they're all coming up to eat him. And he runs across like five gators to get to the shore. Mm-hmm. Those are real alligators. Stop it. And it wasn't James Bond running across him. It, it was, was Ross Kanenga, the owner of the farm, running across the alligators. Do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube and look at the alternate takes. He did six takes to complete the scene. Wait, he did, fell did he off five yes. times. It's like MXC his clothing was shredded and he received 193 stitches to his leg and face (laughs) oh he better have got paid for well he got he got his name in the movie yes Uh, this is also one of the few movies where James Bond does not wear a tuxedo and the uh, only Bond movie with Roger Moore and where Felix Leiter appears a CIA agent oh really so they did they left him out of these movies then yeah Uh, apparently as they were filming uh, they had to pay protection money to a local Harlem gang to ensure the crew's safety wow and when the money ran out they had to leave
2: so this has one of the best puns in the series. So really? Kananga, the villain, impl- he explodes or er, implodes because he swallows an air capsule at the end of the movie. And then Bond says, Roger Moore, as Bond says, he always did have an inflated opinion of himself. <laughs> oh well, this is where it gets my
0: alternate title for this one. Um, there's a story behind one of these things, but we haven't yet talked about Solitaire much. Oh, Jane Seymour. My title for this one is Dr. Quinn and the Kananga Balloon. The musical. <laughs> now, oh, Jean- I say the musical. This it- one, you talked about the theme. Of, mm-hmm. You'll do this really quick.
2: The theme, Live and Let Die, it's a good theme. Yeah. It's a great theme. It comes up way too much in this movie. Well, yes. they,
1: they make it more of a, like a somber piece or maybe a little more lively. Well, in, in th- honesty, I think the song Live and Let Die is not mixed well like the two separate songs don't gel together for me where it's like super slow and super fast you know that well part it's a paul middle, mccartney song let's
0: be yeah. honest the part in that middle uh, is paul mccartney's wife insisted on not being in there like uh-huh. what does it matter to you yeah it ruins the song it's like a third that's the third song well the reason i say it's the musical i'm gonna play a clip from the movie for you gentlemen and just uh, tell me that this isn't about to break out into song
2: but you couldn't you wouldn't not after what we just done
1: I certainly wouldn't have killed you before.
0: <laughs> so the music starts.
1: It used to be a convincing act, Rosie. It's wearing a little thin. Now. CIA agent Rosie. It's not an act. Make your, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> make your choice. Make, make your, your choice. Make your choice now. now. Right now. Da, 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 da. I'm James
0: Bond. Let's do this right now. Uh, a, I cannot musical.
1: wait for Shaken Not Stirred, the <laughs> single. Yeah. Nominated by the... This song was nominated for Best Original Song of the Oscars, but lost to the way we were. And I'm going to make this lose as well. This is a tier 003 for me. I do not like this one. Wow. Really? I don't. I like Jane Seymour. I don't like this
0: movie. So Jane Seymour, introducing Jane Seymour in this. One of the most beautiful Bond girls. Uh, outstanding. Stunning. I like this less than most people, but I am shocked that you give it a three. I'm
2: giving it a 002. And I thought that was being harsh. Yeah, I give it a double o two. I quite like this one. I think it's a great intro for more.
1: Not a fan. I mean, I the I scenes like the go, go on about. Just. The cool scenes go on, like walk the boat chase. It's about 10 time. minutes too long. It is way too long, although it unintentionally set a Guinness World Record of the speedboat jump with 110 feet cleared. So good for them. Yeah. But, well, but
0: a, there's a lot of land boats in this movie, and I, I'm. It's
1: strange. James Bond doesn't wear a tuxedo. It's one of the three movies where he never wears a tuxedo. That's okay.
0: This is a bad bad James Bond movie. It can be a good movie. It's a bad James Bond movie. Mm. It's Mm. trying to be different, and I don't like that. Next up, we have The Man with the Golden
1: Gun, 1974. James Bond is targeted by the world's most expensive assassin. Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, he's, he's expensive? <laughs> That's what it says. He charges well, he attempt- a million a shot. <laughs> this is IMDb uh, while well, he attempts to recover sensitive solar cell technology that is being sold to the highest bidder. So this- I'm going to go to like the
2: Nordstrom Rack to
1: get an assassin yeah. because it's a little bit cheaper. Yeah, yeah. You get two for ones there. Yeah. Uh,
2: this is Roger
1: Moore's second time as James Bond. This should have been the coolest Bond to date. This yes. is Bond versus Dracula and Tattoo. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Christopher <laughs> Lee is Francisco Scaramanga. And then uh, you got, uh, oh, what is his name? Hervé... Hervé Villachez. Tattoo from... Uh, yeah. From a... Who plays Fantasy Island. Lo- yeah, Fantasy Island is now Nick-Nack. And instead of like a
2: Bond girl from Fatale, we just have kind of like an assistant in this movie. Yes. It's a Mary Goodnight. Yeah, Britt Eklund. And just very naive. Just Beautiful, Very though. sweet.
1: Yeah, absolutely. She actually, I think her and Peter Sellers were
0: married for a while, speaking of oh, Christina Ryle. I feel bad for her. Well, I'm just going to bug out of this one early. I'm just going to say third nipple and J.W. Pepper 003.
1: Yes, because we should clarify, the Bond villain in this one, they don't know what he looks like, but they know he has a third nipple. (laughs) Makes perfect sense. Uh, I just, I feel like this is a hodgepodge of ideas put together in a James Bond movie. Like they, they, they shook them together, didn't stir them together. It's not blended nice. This is actually when Broccoli and Saltzman, the two producers whose names have been attached, they've been on every Bond movie so far, this is when they had a kind of an all out brawl during the middle of the filming of this and they they split. And it caused some issues with uh, how they were going to do later Bond movies. I do enjoy some aspects of this movie but I do feel it's uneven. I do think uh, Miss Goodnight is a beautiful beautiful Bond girl. I hate the theme song. The man with the, the golden, golden gun. gun. Walk-a-chicka,
2: walk-a-chicka, walk-a-chicka.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is a tier 002 for me, though, because this, okay, was, that's, this one stood out to kind. me. Ad- amidst all the Roger Moore ones, this is one where it stood out and I'm like, Scaramanga. I remember that. The, the- there
2: is half of a good movie here. 002? 002, 002.
0: An AMC Hornet does a, a barrel roll with a slide whistle. And, that uh, is
2: the uh, worst a part.
1: Station wagon with wings? <laughs> That, that was that stunt is amazing that was that the first whistle is so stupid Guinness book of world records first astro spiral jump on film and then they ruin it by going
0: it's, it's so cool it's so cool yeah. but a flying car oh,
1: and it's a stunt. station wagon the it's flying sc- the worst mm. worst flying car i've ever seen that was ugly <laughs> I, and even the golden gun is not that cool but it's cool when you play golden eye yes i give this a double o2
2: as well what? i think there's half a good movie here and it has one of the great lines at the end because m is trying to get, communicate with mary goodnight and he's like good night Good night. And then Bond picks up the phone. He says, good night,
1: sir. Because <laughs> Bond does
2: his thing. This is yes. tied for the worst in the franchise.
1: Yeah, what are they going to learn now? not to check with, in with Bond at the end they of the mission? They always try. Don't do it. This is, you, guys,
0: you guys are up in the night. You're giving way too much praise to a bad
1: movie. Okay, moving on. Now it's The Spy Who Loved Me from 1977. James Bond investigates the hijacking of British and Russian submarines carrying nuclear warheads with the help of a KGB agent whose lover he killed. And this is like the pop hit one with uh, Nobody Does It Better. Nobody does Carly Simon. it better.
2: So this is the introduction of Joss. Yes, Joss henchman. Yeah. Yeah. Who is very memorable. Because of his huge metal teeth. Absolutely. Ridiculous teeth. Well, at least his teeth are better than Jules. Ah. That's rude. Oh, hey
0: that's now. super mean. <laughs> that's she's actually going
1: to be in the new series that's available. Yeah,
0: she could. <laughs> the Snaggle yes. Tooth
1: would be. Okay,
2: okay. We've heard enough. That would And bite then you through
1: get uh, Agent uh, Triple Agent X, played by Vin Diesel. Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> I'm, that's not right. It's Barbara Bach as Anya. Oh, I thought I was Who's like weirdly hot? She's beautiful. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I I don't know her from anything else, but watching her this movie, I'm like, I get it. So, Anya Amasova. This got really weird. So
2: this has, like, the Lotus Esprit, which, by the way, did they just decide to, like, spend $10 on cars at this point? Lotus Esprit. I mean, it's a British car, of, it, but, yeah, they should be an Aston Martin. But. It's a very 70s, like, low-budget sports car. But yeah. it does turn into a submarine. Wet Nelly. Which is cool. Yeah. Which that
1: is actually a real cool-looking car. Oh, my
2: gosh. We, we
0: totally messed up. We should have talked about Nelly, little Nelly. Nelly. Nelly from you only live twice the collapsible helicopter Mm -hmm. oh yeah that was pretty bummer but this is wet Nelly this is an underwater car what do you call this one because I basically call this one bond in Egypt this one is James Bond and the Hunt for Red
1: October. <laughs> no, this is weird because it's almost like a recycled plot from You Only Live Twice because really, instead very much of you Only Live instead Twice. of a ship getting another ship in space, now it's like a ship getting another ship in the water. Yeah. Instead
2: of so, instead of Blofeld, you have mm-hmm.
1: Carl Stromberg mm-hmm. and his webbed hand. This
2: is the movie that saved the franchise though because no one liked Man with the Golden Gun except for us kind of Joel. Yeah. But people really like this one and I completely disagree. What? I don't care for this one.
1: Ken, I loved the I, I loved the twist where it's like she realizes that he killed the Agent Triple right. X realized which that James Bond killed their lover. which I like they set up what him. It has one of the best cold opens ever when he's skiing down the mountain. Okay. And he jumps off no, once again, with the, with the green jack flag. But
2: it's also ruined by the end when these uh troop of singers are like, you know, when he's hanging out with uh Anya, they're like, nobody does it, bad oh, the, Bro- the Broadway ending. Yeah, I just didn't care for this movie. also has a movie.
1: disco James Bond theme. They Yeah, like add the it's double 003 it. for me.
0: But the set at the end is so good. It's dude. true. It is so good.
1: Although I get that Jaws has Space. metal teeth. I, yeah. I get that Jaws has metal teeth. But how are, how are his jaw muscles that strong? Mm-hmm. That he's like able to bite Have through bars. Have you seen him? Have you seen him? He also, can't be stopped. One of the most effective jump scares on the entire franchise is Jobs, Jaws popping out of that closet. Gets me every time. The shark. The shark is yeah, cool too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do enjoy this one. I think it's a fun movie. I enjoy this. is a 001 for me. Really? Yeah, I do enjoy the spy who loved me. Well, Barbara Bach I, it really won me over, and I just I felt for her. I believed her character. By the way, nominated for best song Oscar, but lost to "You Light I, Up My oh wow. Life." Little callback to our last episode there, uh, well, and it introduced the world to the jet ski. Well, and Kent, you talked about JFK well, seeing a movie before he passed away. Mm-hmm. This is the last movie Elvis Presley saw before he died. Six days later. He was on a lot of cilantro at that time. <laughs> 002. All right. It's so one, good. two, three. Okay.
2: It's
0: probably more best or up there. I think I disagree. So. Now we have 1979's Moonraker. James Bond investigates a mid-air theft of a space shuttle and discovers a plot to commit global genocide. So this is weird and this is is where the franchise starts doing something that's notorious for. So at the end of a lot of these movies it says James Bond will return and then it gives the title of the next movie. Well this one was James, at the end of the Spy Who Loved Me, it said, James Bond will return in For Your Eyes Only. Yes, because they Cause had it planned out. Was, that was the planned next movie. But
1: then, as in you recall, 1977, it was, what happened, Joel? Uh, 1977, Star Wars came out and was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. So they said, no, nah, we're not doing For Your Eyes Only. We need space lasers. Space lasers! So naturally, my alternate title is, of course, Bond in
2: Space. So the, he is, Roger Moore is the only Bond to go to space. In fact, the final battle
1: takes place inside and outside the space station. Which is funny because like, I think of this one as a space one, but the space only happens in the last 30 minutes yeah. of the whole movie. It's, it's kind of funny how it's identified by that. Though. I think this is a return to classic villain. I think Hugo Drax
2: is great drax he is cool. he looks like a villain he, he kind of looks like um peter dinklage to yep. me in game yep. of thrones yeah. yeah and actually he is it's not just like here's my grand plan to take over the world it's kind of like a mystery of like will he be the villain or will or won't he but then there's this moment where one of the bond girls is being chased down by dogs sent by
1: drax oh yeah and they kill her yeah and i was like it's that's actually a horrible moment yeah it was corinne defour yes. the pilot uh, and her, so her I, voice, by the way, dubbed by Nicky Vander, is So weird. But
2: I I hated the villain at that point. I'm like, that's great. And Jaws in this movie is chasing Bond the entire time until he falls in love, which is kind of adorable. With yeah. Jewel? Yeah. <laughs> Victoria Bickerstaff from Save the Bell looks And like. and Jaws Dolly. Jaws' scenes, they're fun action scenes, and he just seems
1: like this nonstop force. I loved yeah. it. This in has fact, a lot of cheese in it. Yeah. Like a lot of cheese. But this is also the one where I felt like everyone started to look older. Like Bond looked older. Mm-hmm. M looked older. Q looked older. Penny looked older. Right. Like you can tell that these people have been doing this for a while because now we're now into like the late 70s and they've been doing this since the early 60s. But they also use these weird sped up action sequences which were just right bizarre. They make references to 2001 and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Actually, they got permission to use the... Uh, music for the five-note melody from Close to the close of the Third Kind, and in return, uh, Broccoli, as I'm going to call him, gave Steven Spielberg permission to use the James Bond theme in Goonies. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. I'm going to jump right in. This should be a tier 003
2: movie because it's silly. It should be. But it's a tier 001 movie. You're putting it up in one.
1: one? I love Moonraker. It It's so fun. Truth be told, it actually almost made 001 for Oof. me as well. But it's a double O two. All right. bring it down there. You um this was a fun one. This is one where I went, I'm having so much I, I'm enjoying so much. There's there's a part where they're writing up a gondola yep, and it's about to be cut great. that was stressing me out. And I was like, man, I'm really getting into this. Follow that. Uh, Nominated, by the way, for Best Visual Effects, but lost to Alien, probably for the best. Was it nominated for Best Visual Effects for the classic Pigeon Double Take? (laughs) (laughs) So one of the first memes? (laughs) There's a part when the pigeon does like, they reverse the footage. They poorly edit,
0: reverse the footage for a pigeon to do a double take when James Bond is driving a gondola (laughs) as a car. It
1: got a double too because it, uh, it... holds the record for largest amount of breakaway glass broken in a single scene. It's like John Wick 3 in there. They're Mm -hmm. like crashing all sorts of glass in there. This is also Bernard Lee, who's been M since the beginning, his final appearance as M. So we're going to miss him for that. Original, and you could argue best. He's awesome. But
0: uh, this is a terrible, ridiculous, awful movie, and you know my policy on those. So it is
1: a 002. Uh, All right. Okay. okay. I do, okay. Enjoy. I do yeah. enjoy this one oh, It's also, not great This is the final James Bond movie with a voice dub by Vicki Vanderzil. She finally retired after this one But she did dubbing on Dr. No from Russian with Love, Gold, Goldfinger, Thunderball Did Thunder they Ball. let
2: people actually speak after this?
1: No they. they well, <laughs> I think she retired and they're like Well, I guess we gotta let people use their real voice now You know, the effects on this were impressive, right?
0: How would you compare them to Star Wars? Because this cost three times more money to make than Star Wars. Stop that right now. You know where most
1: of that money was? The docking scene. They were like, we've spent money on this. We're going to show it. And it looks good.
0: The way that they did the special effects was like way too expensive.
1: It's a ridiculous movie. but. All right, now we go to 1981's For Your Eyes Only. Roger Moore's fifth time as 007. James Bond is assigned to find a missing British vessel equipped with nuclear ballistic weapons, a control coordination device, and prevent the device from falling into enemy hands. So the Bond girls in this one is Melina Havelock, who I think is tier one as a Bond girl.
2: Yeah. And then also, Very the, cable.
1: she's got a crossbow.
2: Yeah. And then uh, Liesel Countess Liesl von Schaff. Yeah.
1: yeah. Who, Wait, you're just going to discount BB Doll just like that? Uh, BB Doll? No, no. <laughs> but I think the death scene of the Countess on the beach is horrible. Uh, the Countess, who at the time, was married to Pierce Brosnan or yeah. dating Pierce Brosnan mm-hmm. at the time. So, it, uh, so Pierce Brosnan was on set and the producers are like, I'm going to remember that guy. Yeah. And then you got mm-hmm. For for Your Eyes Only as the theme by Sheena Easton, which was weird. This is the first time you ever see the singer sing it on the screen. Yeah, which immediately dates it, I feel. Yeah. But this is the one where they, so this is where they were having, they've been dealing with legal issues for a while. They couldn't use Blowfield. they couldn't use Spectre. And so at the beginning of this movie, first of all, uh, it starts at, at uh, Tracy Bond's grave, Teresa mm-hmm. Bond's grave. So it's like, oh, I guess these movies kind of do connect together. And then? And then James Bond gets in a helicopter and ends up picking up a guy in a wheelchair who's bald and holding a cat, but you never see his face and they never say Blofeld. And he drops him into a smokestack. Yeah. And it's like... Came n- out of nowhere. Well, I think they're just kind of, you know, thumbing their nose yeah. at the other people saying, we don't need Blofeld, we can do what we want. And so this is the first one to, or the only movie to not feature M at yeah. all cuz he yeah. passed away they say he's away. Yeah. Uh and then we mentioned BB Doll. She's actually the girl from Watcher in the Woods. Yes. And it's weird to see her that came out the year before. It's weird to see her in like this role which she was so serious in the other one. And also features Tevya from mm-hmm. Fiddler on the Roof as Columbo. And he's finally a rich man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I give this the alternate title. Is Roger Moore still doing those? Because I think this is where he jumps the shark. I don't think. I don't think he literally jumps the shark in this one. We all- well, I completely
2: true. disagree. I think this it is, his is his most dramatic should performance. Be his last performance. It should be, but I think he sells it here. Yeah. In fact, I, I like this way more than The Spy Who Loved Me. And I think the stunts are the best in the series so far. There are so many
1: action scenes in this one. And for the 70s, not too shabby. Well, and I remember watching like they had these underwater scenes Mm -hmm. and I'm like, wow, that looks really good for the late 70s. And then I found out or early 80s. This is early 80s is 81. But it's because they filmed it in a dry studio and just added effects afterwards because apparently uh, the actress Havelock had like a sinus thing so she couldn't be underwater for very long. Huh? Uh, This is one I just call Bond in Greece. Yeah. I give this a double O two. O2. I quite enjoy this one. I gave this one a 002 as well. I I like the Bond girl a in this one. This is one that did stick out. The ending is less memorable. It's just the mountain base. Well, it's memorable Mm -hmm. in the fact that Bond doesn't actually kill the bad guy. Right. It's uh, Columbo who Mm -hmm. kills the bad guy. It's Tevye. I like Columbo. Um, This one got bumped to tier uh,
0: 003 for me. I'm sad. What do you hit Roger Moore? Uh, Because he's a bad Bond. I I don't like Roger Moore that much. I really Mm -hmm. don't. He is so sleepy in all of these roles. Like, he... he doesn't give me what I want out of this character.
1: I do feel like when the Bond movies had Connery, it was kind of like okay, these are like kind of sexy Bond. Yeah. But I do feel like when when Roger Moore became Bond, it was like oh, we're gonna be naughty Bond. Oh, little naughty. Well, it was just straight up camp. I mean, this was seventies, early eighties era. Yeah. In England, and they're like, and, and he was very predictable as a character
2: too. Yeah. yeah. I yeah.
0: He he's not my Bond. Like you need a little more
1: chest Bond. hair? Is that what you need? I, I do.
2: Yeah, I do. I need the little grit. I, I did know.
1: notice that like he takes off his shirt less and less as he gets. Oh, as he goes on. Well, they all, wouldn't they you? all get out of shape. So, well, this
0: is uh, going to get interesting here as we approach 1983. This is a big year for Bond, but we'll
1: start with Octopussy. Yes, uh, once again in the official canon, this is Roger Moore's sixth time. The synopsis, a fake Fabergé egg and a fellow agent's death lead James Bond to uncover an international jewel smuggling operation headed by the mysterious Octopussy being used to disguise a nuclear attack on NATO forces. Darn Fabergé eggs. You know, after watching that movie, my brain
2: felt shaken and stirred. This is my (laughs) least favorite Roger Moore movie. Yeah, I don't like this one at all. It ends at the circus. That's kind of memorable, but there's really nothing else to it. I don't like uh, Maud Adams who plays Octopussy. Mm. I don't think she's good in the movie at all. Bond is a clown in this one? Yes. Bond is tar- literally he dresses up as, he dresses a as
1: a
0: clown. Bond is Tarzan in this one?
1: Oh, he makes yeah Tarzan noises when he's swinging across it's the vine. It's so
0: cheesy. Yeah. Um
1: Q, uh, Q is an action star in this one. Uh, I do like Q a lot in this one. He actually I, I gets, think he gets into the field. I really do enjoy that. This is one of the weird ones too. They have that meta moment where like Bond is in India and he is walking along and the snake charmer starts playing the Bond theme mm-hmm. on the on the on the flute. And I was like, he knows his own theme song? That's just bizarre. Yeah. Uh, there is a yo-yo saw for the gadgets. That's kind of cool. I like that one. There's a TV and a wristwatch. Yes. That's also cool. There's the fake alligator that he he, he James Bond climbs inside and is able to go across mm-hmm. the water. Uh I do feel like uh Octopus, henchmen, they all look like they belong on the greatest American hero. Yeah. It's absolutely. like these red suits, yes. it, red jumpsuits. It looks really cheesy with capes. Do you guys like the theme? All time high? Hate it. I don't even remember right now. Exactly
0: man all This is a 003 high.
1: for me all the way. 003, I'd like to move on. I'll give it a 003 as well, but I don't think I hated it as much as you guys did. Oh, I will skip this every time. Really? Yep. Mm.
0: Yeah, I just, I really think that Roger Moore should have been replaced here.
1: And he was almost replaced. Like, he was not going to do it, but then and they, they were actually looking at James Brolin to be the next James Bond. Father of Josh. Another American. Thanos. Yeah. Okay. But then... They, I, his his screen test is actually pretty good. But they ended up bringing him back because North another movie was coming out and they needed a big gun to compete. Yep. There was going to be some strong competition from 1983's Never Say Never Again. So Sean Connery is back for this non-official James Bond movie and it says, A Spectre agent has stolen two American nuclear warheads and James James Bond must find their targets before they are detonated. Directed by Irvin Kershner, who yeah. did Empire Strikes Back, like three years before this. Really old Sean
2: Connery, who, by the way, was younger than really old Roger Moore. He was, but he yeah. looks older.
0: But yeah. yet he's in better shape than he was in Diamonds Are Forever, That's just
2: saying. saying. That's true, yeah. probably because yeah. he
1: wanted to stick it to the producers. Uh, yeah. This was the weird situation where there was the legality of the guy who originally wrote Thunderball, mm-hmm. or helped write originally write Thunderball. And then Ian Fleming published it without their knowledge, and there was there a was question about who, who owned the characters, yeah. and it was decided that uh, the story was owned kind of by this other guy, and he could make a movie, but it had to be the same story yeah. as Thunderball, and it yeah. couldn't use like certain elements like the song and, and yeah. uh, other characters that weren't part of Thunderball.
0: Yeah. Ian Fleming was writing a, before it, they were producing you know Broccoli and Saltzman, before they were producing it, Ian Fleming wrote up a movie screenplay, and then it went nowhere. And so he just wrote the book Thunderball. Mm. Well, that Fleming wasn't the best guy. And so the, this Kevin well, McClury had yeah. rights to the stuff that was in Thunderball, including James Bond, Spectre. M, all these characters.
2: Yeah, they were going to write a movie with Connery in the late 70s called Warhead. Is that the one you're talking about? It has robotic fish, hijack warheads, and
1: sharks in New York sewers. This guy basically had the one story he could use, and he's tried to make multiple movies out of it. The only thing he has rights to is the story of Thunderball. But then he got Sean Connery to come back, which was, Sean Connery said he'd never do it again. Right, never. his wife then suggested the title, Never Say Never Again. The only memorable part of this, I remember watching this, I actually probably saw this
2: before I saw GoldenEye. And I think that's what they were counting on is people watching this that don't know anything about the series. And they're like, it's James Bond, everyone. Mm -hmm. This is a James Bond movie, but it's not canon, even though they have bought the rights to this one since. But the only part I remember is the arcade game that hurts
1: you. Yeah, yeah, it's like shocks you. Like these two people sit face to face with each other. There's a screen in between them. Yeah. This 3D screen, And then they get shocked if they shoot each other. It's weird, and it's trying to be cool. There is a scene. So uh, Kim Basinger plays Domino in this Yeah, Kim Basinger, one of her, big, her first roles.
2: And there's a part where she and uh, Sean Connery are riding a horse off of a tower,
1: and it jumps off the tower, and it's one of the most laughable scenes. I said uh, in my notes, it says, Sean Connery pulled a wild heart, can't be broken.
2: <laughs> it's so true. It's bad. They're remaking one of the worst Connery movies with Thunder- Thunderball, and it's a 003 for me.
1: Yeah, although it's yeah. funny because like it has like you said, Kim Basinger. It's got what's his bucket Max von Sydow as Blofeld. It's got this pretty impressive cast, and you can tell they put a, they had a budget behind this, but it's just a rehashed Thunderball. It's missing the gun barrel sequence mm-hmm. and the James Bond music. Sean Connery looks old, and Mr. Beans in it as well. Yeah. I forgot about that. Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, Rowan Atkinson is it. It just it doesn't work for me. This one uh, when I watch it. I'm not impressed with it. I'm
0: obviously going to give this a 003 as well. It's unofficial. I do think there's a lot of fun to be had. I like Sean Connery better than Roger Moore. And he was a breath of fresh air. But the movie around him, I mean, I don't like Thunderball either. So easy 003. All right. Our last movie
1: for the day is 1985's A View to a Kill. The recovery of a microchip off the body of a fellow agent leaves James Bond to a mad industrialist who plans to create a worldwide microchip monopoly by destroying California's Silicon Valley. It's funny you'll say that. I went into a little bit of an accent because it stars Christopher Walken. Walken.
0: Unfortunately, though, Christopher Walken being in this movie, he's not that Christopher Walken-y. I actually think it would be better if he was more... Locker I think he's great
2: in this movie. I like him. I want, I want more with of him. Grace Jones's "Mayday" as well. Grace Jones is cool. But Fantastic Roger Moore, theme song. yeah, Duran Duran seems yeah, to be into I do love the uh, role credit scene where Grace Jones says they're looking over uh, San Francisco <laughs> yeah. Harbor. Oh, god! And she goes, "Wow,
1: what a view!" And he goes, "Do a kill." It's, to what, to it kill. is one Do of it those kill. clumsy, clumsy <laughs> moments of, to yeah. jam the title of the movie in there. Now, a lot of these Bond movies are basically You Only
0: Live Twice remade. Yeah. This is a remake of Goldfinger, basically. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the same idea with a little bit of Superman sprinkled in.
1: Yeah, They're, <laughs> you know, they're trying true. to get rid of well, California. <laughs> and they created this fictional company named Zorin. And then they realized there was a real company named the Zorin Corporation. I can't remember. like One's I-N, one's A-N. Mm-hmm. But they ended up having to put the disclaimer at the beginning and be like, eh, it's not related to anything real. Don't sue right. us at the beginning. There is the scene
2: with the accidental snowboard, which, of course, I found pretty cool. But, but then, then the Beach Boys.
1: They start playing California Girls." Yeah. That was so weird. And
2: that's the thing. The end of Moore's era, they were just like, uh, toss it in and post. That seems kind of fun. The Tarzan yell, the Beach Boys. Yeah. No. At this point, all you're doing is looking at a stunt double. Yeah, and that's what it is. And it was bad stunt doubles, it's too. Bad. It looks nothing like Roger Moore. Yeah, Uh, I do like the end sequence, which with the blimp right over uh, the—that's a good one, Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, it's actually quite suspenseful because I hate heights.
1: How about the nineteen eighty-four Renault that gets cut in half and he Mm -hmm. drives it along with the laser? Yes, yeah. Uh, This is also the one where uh, Roger Moore did say, "I was only about four hundred years too old for the part," so he acknowledged he was old. He was fifty-seven years old, which means he was the oldest actor to play Bond so far. Yeah, he just seemed tired. He now,
0: was. He looked a little different in this, and the rumor has it that he had some work done. He has denied it, but his mole has disappeared for this movie. Really? So...
1: Uh, also it takes off five years. Yeah. Fun fact, Dolph Lundgren makes an appearance in yeah. this. Uh, you know, uh, from Ivan Drago from Rocky IV. Yes, dating Grace Jones at the time. And also Elsa from Last Crusade. She play, uh, The actress is named Allison Duty. <laughs> and that's not a Bond name that's her real name <laughs> and she is the youngest credited Bond girl because she turned I believe Stacey Sutton during the movie girl, yeah during, no not Stacy Sutton okay she's, she's, she works for uh, Christopher Walken Stacy Sutton by the way the main Bond girl strikingly attractive mm-hmm. like I, I may say she's the most attractive uh, Bond girl out there I don't know what it is but really found her absolutely beautiful very 80s look but I didn't like the character right <laughs> and so I'm giving this a tier 002
0: oh it's 003 for me that's a 003 for me as well. But you guys liked uh, Christopher Walken. Right? I like Christopher I Walken. Yes.
1: Could, uh, I think jo- the villains are a great. Grace pair. Jones terrifies me, but yes. she worked. And then the this, the theme song brought it up. I love the ending, the finale. Could you uh, and put on your alternate casting glasses? It's the, goodbye to Money Penny. It's her last oh, farewell to Lois Maxwell. Money.
0: I love Money Penny. Uh, put on your alternate casting glasses instead of Christopher Walken as Max Zorin. How about David Bowie? Bowie. Fame well, what you? to a kill. David Bowie turned it down. They offered it to Sting. Oh. Sting turned it down? Sting turned it down and I think Christopher
1: Walken got it. Bowie or Christopher Walken. But this is yeah. the first Bond film to feature an Academy nominated or won. Uh, Christopher Walken's Academy won. Award winner, I think. And so this is the first Bond movie to well, get, get go. that. So they, they got something out of it. All right. So there we go. Which ones do we agree on so far, Zach? Is, is either good or bad? So we did agree five
0: times on this one. Uh, from Russia with Love, we all gave double a one. Mm-hmm. Goldfinger, we all gave 001. Yeah. And then we moved to Casino Royale. We gave 003. Yeah, the yep. 1967 version. And then Octopussy and Never Say Never Again.
1: Both got 003s. 003s. Oh. Yeah.
0: We didn't match up on any 002s, but...
1: All right. Yeah. So those Ooh. are our recommendations for what to watch and what to avoid on this early part of Bond. We'll do it again. Uh, yeah. Later I, part of Bond Next later.
2: time we're getting to the movies that more people have probably seen, though I would recommend people watch these movies... Twice to really love them, because honestly, you will eventually. They're fun. They're a lot of fun. If you do want specific recommendations,
0: obviously, you can look to our tier ones. I would listen more to like mine first, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but theirs are good, too.
1: Yeah, After your guys' performance last time on the 70s one-hit wonder show, oh, I think they're going to listen to me. i trust I'm, Joel. I'm, um, I know about old things. let's Actually, know, just stop at the intro. We're good. Let okay. us know on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, if you have seen these older movies, these older Bond films, mm-hmm. and let us know how you feel about them. If you enjoy them, which ones are your favorites? Which ones are your least favorites? We we enjoy those types of conversations on our social media channels. Before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons. So the I
2: Am The Listener category, it's Lady Terry Finley, Shannon West, Chris Drought, Sean Sanquist, Bacon Council member Wannabe Kyler, Jennifer Kilkowski, Brayden Winterton, Babs, Alicia Bass, Glow, Clint Daniel, Sir and Madam Hicks, Adam and Rachel Crump, Allison Gall, Rocky and Steph, Scott Sprague, and Jake the Cooler King Swallow. Hi, Hi Jake. is getting along. Thank what you, gotcha. everyone. Yeah. And from the Bacon Council, we have Nicole Postal Elf, number 29, Hale, Chris Anderson, Ryan marley Farron, Stephen Ross, Motts, Royal Highness Jessica Terry, our favorite couple, of the Madsons, speaker, and reverse listener.
1: Thank you so much. Patrons. You. We really Thank do you. appreciate you, patrons, and we appreciate you, listener, for listening to us. We have fun. We, we've been wanting to do this show for so long, and we finally got to do at least part of it. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform Saturday nights at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at
2: Kenny3DD. If you want to remove reviews at ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you want to tell me how I was wrong
0: uh, (laughs) on the 70s bracket or how my opinion on James Bond is just incorrect, you can now book an appointment with me. Visit (laughs) Blake'sBarbershop.com and you can get 30 minutes in a chair to give me your opinion. I'll also give you a haircut. You can also follow me on social media at Tumbling Mustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale. You can go ahead and like that Facebook page and follow at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. While you're doing that, stop by tpublic.com and get yourself a shirt. Team Zach, Team Joel, Team Kent. Those are great ones to get. Uh, And think about Christmas. You know, you got a Bacon Sale person in your life. Give them a gift. It's really good. tpublic.com slash Bacon Sale. And then if you like the show, like what's going on here and want to support us further, patreon.com slash
2: Bacon Sale. So until next time, Break and Shell will return in episode 330. Now no, we're getting whatever. We're dancing seductively right now. <laughs> There's some words
0: projected on my body. Kenty Bassi. We will absolutely never rig one of these things just for engagement, but it worked. <laughs> oh,
2: uh, you know you did, you know you did, you know you did
0: Do we need to do a Piking bit? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm I'm <taking it> recording <laughs> But her dad is not named Plenty <laughs> She's named Plenty
0: But she was named after her father I think I've just grown up a little bit
1: <laughs> and I think I grew up right then That's when I became a man <laughs> what? what? I gotta take a Walter PPK This yeah. is when Sean Connery started wearing a hairpiece this I literally <laughs> have
2: my slappers ready. Slappers down. Light up the cilantro because this one gets mm. weird. Joel, they
0: try to turn like six foot three Scottish Sean Connery into a Japanese man, and it's weird. But the Queen's on their money. It's fine. Make your <laughs> <a> choice. Make your <laughs> choice, choice now. Right now. Dun, make dun, it. Dun. I'm James Bond. Let's do this right now.
2: It's mm. trying to be different, and I don't like. So I'm going
1: to go up to like the Nordstrom Rack to get an assassin because yeah. it's a little bit cheaper. Yeah. yeah, you get two for ones there. Worst flying car I've ever <laughs> seen. That was ugly. James Bond. A bit. Oh, I a big mouth noise on that one, Kent. Sorry. Big yeah. mouth noise. Well, and it introduced the world to the jet ski. Well. And Kent. We need space lasers. Space lasers. Oh my gosh. I didn't do Sean Connery impersonations almost this whole time. And we're not even going to talk about him next. What is happening to my voice?
0: Flippin', flappin', crappin'